This week's episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Get 10% off your first order at squarespace.com slash co-optional. Create your own professional-looking website with no prior knowledge required at squarespace.com slash co-optional. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Cautional Podcast of all the 10th of March 2015. Gosh, this flourish. It's not like flourish. Has anyone ever been excited on the 10th of March 2000 and anything? Like, is that a, is that a day? What happens today? There's got to be something special happens every single day of the year. I'm What's sure there's a holiday. Thing? March 10th, 10th March of holiday. March. Remember National Napping Day! Holy shit! What? Napping Day! <laughs> it's National Napping I mean, Day. Oh Fuck! My God. What the March hell are we doing is the here? Best day of the fucking year. God. March tenth. I will celebrate Damn the it. shit out of that. <laughs> this is gonna be a short podcast. Yeah, I'm, we're done. Oh, Fuck this. Yeah, this also happens to be uh, an anniversary of the Tibetan uprising, which is perhaps a little bit more serious. Oh. So, it's just a, yeah. so just nap. Yeah. Apparently, it's another <laughs> Christian <laughs> feast day, which. There's a lot of them, actually. There's quite a few, yeah. so just bear that I one in mind. I figured it out, man. Pope yeah. Simplicius, one of the lesser-known popes, known for... Uh-huh. Uh... Labored to help the people of Italy against marauding raids of barbarian invaders! Yay! No more barbarian oh invaders in Italy. Here's, here's one that can kind of apply to us. Okay. It's, uh, it is also apparently National Mario Day, because... Really? The way that you would write it is M A R ten. Shut up. It looks nah. like Mario. Someone made that up. That's not real. <laughs> it's it's on the nationaldaycalendar.com site. Was it so written by your uncle that works at Nintendo? Is that how it is? Maybe, I don't know. It is possible. Welcome to the Cooperational Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. Our special guest today is a writer for Forbes.com. He has the audacity of not being horrible and an extremist. His name is Eric Kane. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes. We'll fix that. We'll fix Indeed. that real quick. How dare you not choose a side in this stupid internet war of fucking dumb bullshit? Uh, yeah, uh, there's too many sides to choose when you start adding up all the different internet wars, so Indeed. it's just a lot easier not to. It's a D100. It's not worth rolling. It's like, you want to roll a 99 <laughs> on that thing? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So tell us about what you do and how you actually uh, earn your uh, crust, because it's interesting to... Earn your crust? Yeah, earn, earn your, your crust. crust. You never heard that? Tell us how you earn nope. your crust. Yeah. Yeah, how, how do you wanna... earn your crust? Maybe that's a British thing. <laughs> Earning your crust is like, you know, it's how you pay for your daily bread, you know? So, yeah. uh, how, how does before. it work? Um, well, um, I've been writing at Forbes for about four years. Um, I am considered a contributor, so that's basically a freelancer. Mm -hmm. um, but I have quite a lot of autonomy. Um, you know, I write most days of the week. Um, 
I don't know. I, I just kind of write what I want to write, write about what I want to write. I, I started out at Forbes writing about um, education and then moved on to writing about the war on drugs and prison policy and uh, things like police brutality. Um, none of that stuff really was a good fit. So, so I moved on to tech. And, well, I yeah. picked a much more controversial one. Apparently I started, so. I, yeah. I, I started writing about video games just just before the Mass Effect 3 um, I do. I remember fiasco. that article. Yes, this was when I yeah. believe IGN, alongside a couple of other sites, decided that this would be a great time to call gamers entitled for yeah. daring to not like the ending of Mass Effect 3, the ending of which was <laughs> a colossal piece of shit, it might be added. And yeah. It's like, hmm, maybe people who've been following a series for possibly close to a decade might be a little upset if they're disappointed by the ending, one would think. Yeah, it was a, it was a strange time. I mean, for, for me, video games had always just been something fun that I did. I never really had gotten into the politics. I didn't even realize at the time that there were so many politics yeah. oh, involved in video games. Many um, of us remained blissfully ignorant of that for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. I miss those days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. knew me both. But uh so yeah, so I started writing a little bit before then about video games and um and that was sort of an eye-opening experience, I think. Uh and I, I guess that's why I, I feel like that and and then later experiences kind of informed my approach to the Gamergate fiasco and everything uh, else for that matter like you've been yeah. labeled i think by most sane and reasonable people as like basically completely neutral on almost every political topic really like it's just not something you really get involved in i'm i'm pretty <laughs> jesse i mean i'm a pretty politically aware person i have my own beliefs and my own views um i guess i just don't like to demonize other people because of theirs unless their views are truly horrific like yes nazis yeah like nazis are meanies yeah i I, like I, <laughs> I know they are meanies especially like those mech nazis in wolfenstein oh, oh in um, particular yes yeah but uh but they're all dead yeah. now thanks they to bj blaskowitz indeed right. for american now. hero for the time being mm -hmm. they'll be back as as zombies most likely <laughs> robot zombie nazi Gamers. Well, you just gave um, Rebellion their fourth game in that series. Congratulations. Um, yeah, so, you know, with, with the whole Gamergate thing, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it's important to look at, you know, the history surrounding these, these events and the context um, rather than just sort of like latching onto a label either for or against. You know, I don't, I don't feel like there's anything like demonic or particularly noble about Gamergate. It's mostly no, just a lot it. of people using a hashtag. Yes, um, which can be really anything, can't it? And Yeah, it can be anybody. The anybody problem with, do it. The problem with labels is that, like, for everybody, it seems like the whole thing means different things to them, and they're not going to change their definition of it, so it's ultimately a pointless argument. It's like mm -hmm. you got one side saying this is about sexism. You got one side saying this is about games journalism ethics. Neither side budges, and they just end up arguing on Twitter for years. Yeah, very little changes. It's not Twitter's yeah, it's, perfect for it's that. It's not a discussion. No, it's, it's not. It hasn't been a discussion for a long time. It's just a war. Was it ever and a discussion? Maybe not. Maybe not really. <laughs> I think that, I find that disappointing. Mm -hmm. I think that we've had some good discussions um, about it, but I think that overall, it's it, the signal to noise ratio is pretty bad. 
Yeah, it's have it's we have we had good discussions? There's I been a so. couple, but they haven't like these, they're not necessarily been hugely like in the spotlight. Linkings. It's it's largely two groups of people yelling past each other about different things, mm -hmm. and as a direct result, it's kind of a waste of time for most people, I think, and I don't really blame them for it. I think I think the best approach is uh, look if you believe that. Journalistic ethics is a problem within the games industry. Then talk about that, and only that. And it doesn't need to be attached to anything. Just discuss particular specific issues. If you believe sexism is an issue within the games industry, talk about that. Don't attribute a label to it. Don't put yourself in a group, and especially don't put yourself in an echo chamber that does nothing but reinforce your own opinion. Because unless your yeah. opinion is exposed to disagreement then your opinion really isn't worth that much. You know, it's going to hold up to scrutiny at the end of the day. That's how debate works. That's how we make progress. That's why we debate everything. Everything. You know, it's, it's how politics works. They debate these issues for a reason. And as much as we'd like to maybe say, okay, politics is completely broken, you're still looking at the idea that there's got to be opposition to an idea and that idea has got to then hold up to scrutiny. That's also, you know... A lot of the people who are involved in this, whether or not we can see them or not, we know that they're very young. And the the interaction of of having a civil discussion with somebody who is very different from you, who sees things very different from you, is how we develop our empathy in the first place. I think there's a big problem across the internet of like of actually developing that empathy in a way that that turns us into better people rather than just like screaming our feelings and surrounding ourselves with people who agree with us. Yeah, yep. it's it's about seeing people as human beings as opposed to seeing people as sub that, you know. And I think that there's a lot of communities on the internet that cause this really terrible attitude to happen. I mean, I know there's a colloquial term that's used, hug box, which I know is used, uh, you know, as a, pejor a pejorative quite a lot. And I think that what that really means is, as you said, surrounding yourself with people that agree with you that just reinforce your own opinion i mean it's it's a problem that i have with um the glorification of mental illness for instance that, that there's been this recent thing on the internet where it's it's young people it's teenagers uh, who are trying to stand out in some way and the way that they do that is sometimes by self-diagnosing themselves with some sort of mental ailment and mm -hmm. instead of actually going and seeking help for this they surround themselves with people that say, no, that's what makes you unique. That's what makes you special. You don't need to seek help for this. This isn't a health issue. This is just you being unique. And then you've got people that take it further and say, well, I'm a dragon now. You know? And like, um, okay, I, I, if you want to role play a dragon, cool. You know, do whatever you <laughs> want. But, but when you start getting offended that people don't call you a dragon or there was that, I think it was that post that Strippen found where there was this person complaining that, her mother wouldn't let her eat her diamond and she was literally being starved because dragons apparently eat precious because gemstones. dragons eat gemstones, Of yeah, course they do. Her mother was starving her. But thankfully there was someone there to reinforce that opinion by by explaining, look, there's a much cheap, there's a cheaper way to do it. You can eat rhinestones. Like, stop talking. This is silly. Ever? <laughs> I, don't th I don't think that that's the way to go. No, no, <laughs> no. The, stop what, what interacting with people. No, what, no, what, yeah, you're right. You're completely <laughs> right. I'm, I'm utterly wrong on that. I actually meant the opposite. Talk to others that aren't the rhinestone person. You know, please, please don't eat rhinestones. That's a bad idea. Stop. Uh, yeah. A rhinestone dragon. That's kind of a cool idea, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, if I wanted to roll yeah. something in D and D, sure. I I wouldn't I wouldn't require um, specific pronouns to be called a dragon, unless I was at say a furry convention or something along those lines, which I'm not I'm not known for attending furry conventions, at least as far as you're aware. I mean, I, I might be in say, disguise. Who even knows though? Who knows who who attends furry outfits, conventions? They're all in fursuits. Yeah. You could literally be walking up to Robert Downey Jr. in that squirrel costume over there and you wouldn't have the slightest idea. That's the best way to go to those conventions is assume everybody is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Really, let's just say it. Furry conventions are the masked balls of the modern world. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. really out of touch with, with modern culture sometimes. Um, I, I look at the internet and I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I've, I've had it now. But yeah, I... If you want to start the show on a positive note, let's just say this. Please treat people as people, because they are. And Unless they're effing bonkers and think they're dragons. In which case, you're crazy. Well, no, you no, can... no, the Tumblr. point is... No, the point, no, the point is, is no, the you're batshit crazy. No. I don't care what anyone says. This is gonna be you're a crazy person. I'm sitting back you're a crazy is, person. Round one. You're a crazy person. The point no, is... No, you're a crazy yes. person. Yes. Go get some help. You fucking dragon, don't eat diamonds. Those are valuable. You nutball. I'm not. I'm tired of people being like, let's listen and give everyone the right to express. No, no. Express yourself to a psychiatrist, nutball. That's Get what out. I was trying to say is Get that out. it's not that we don't want to hear you if you are what no, Jesse. No, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear but, you. Jesse, shut I don't up. Care. But. <laughs> The point is that in the end, if you if you talk to people, hopefully those people will be there to support you to get help if you do need help. Yeah. Depending on what is happening with you. So. And frankly, Thank God there are people like you in the world who are so patient. People should never be afraid <laughs> so to go speak to a therapist if they think that they have issues. Like it's there's an annoying stigma regarding mental health and going to a therapist that seems just like an admission of weakness. And yeah. I'll freely admit that I see a therapist on a weekly basis. I started about a month ago. It's been great so far. I think everyone should at some point. Because you've probably got some unresolved issues. You probably need to talk to someone about it. It's an expert. Because, you know, this is not just a case of someone to bounce ideas off of. This is a professional that actually has a degree. And this is a science, you know. There's yeah. Mental health is health just like any other kind of issue. And you need to deal with it. So all of, I, it's people trying to find themselves and people trying to stand out and people trying to be special on an internet of everyone trying to be special and it, everyone has there was a it's a cultural that. thing it's a cultural thing well it's it's also and, like uh, as Dodger said a lot of these people are quite young you know that and a, a, lot, a lot of them they'll they'll retreat to the internet if they don't find social acceptance in real life and they will fall in with these crowds and a lot of these crowds are not they're not healthy these are people that they kind of feed off of this idea that they can somehow influence somebody's life like that's that's the feeling that i get from a lot of these people that they they look for a sense of power in it and i find that really yeah. really scary i think that there's a lot of exploitation that can be involved in that it's the same reason why i try not to get too close to my fans because i'm in a position of power over those people like it's called a parasocial relationship you want you want to uh, read what bo burnham had to say about parasocial relationships that guy is wise way beyond his fucking years and he's hilarious by the way and you should watch his stuff but you it's know. a good thing you bo don't burnham is wonderful yeah he is it's a good he's... thing you don't get close to your fans tv because the power you already wield is is, just... is 
Annoyance. It's, it's an annoyance, to say the least. An annoyance. <laughs> says the guy that consistently says, go tweet a Total Biscuit if you want this to happen. Fuck you, yeah. Jesse. But I, you abuse your power on a regular TV. basis. I, I have to Jesse ask. Jesse turns it into guys, a game. <laughs> yeah. I have to beg. You, you you don't even have to say anything, and I can make a comment. People are like, NVIDIA 416, Total Biscuit said oh, the following. Oh, God, I'm yeah. Like, what oh, happened this What happened this morning, Jesse? Because you went on this rampage that apparently oh. you touched on a subject that me and Jim Sterling had already talked about. So something had happened. No, uh, all I did was I read an article from the Visceral team that was like, hey, after we're done with Hardline and after we're done with this Star Wars game, we'd really, really like to go back and make a new Dead Space. And I was sure. like, don't break my heart, Visceral. Don't you break my effing heart. And all the comments immediately afterward were like, According to Jim Sterling, Visceral's going to get shut down by EA in the near future. Oh, and I yes. Was like, I don't. Why every time I say anything is like, according to Total Biscuit or according to Jim Sterling, every time. If I make one thing even related to video games, like, according to these two gentlemen in a video they made three weeks ago. <laughs> How dare like, you have an opinion care. on video games? The most oh serious so of I, topics. And so all I did, I was like, I was like, maybe you guys should stop doing that from now on. It, it constantly die. And they were like, oh shit, is he pissed at TB and, and Jim Sterling? Oh, I was like, God. yeah, yeah I, I read that. I'm like, what you is happening now? Yes. Like, it's every night some idiot is throwing salt everywhere. Job, I'm like, it is God damn it, you think it's that there was, there's black ice on the roads and everything. The amount of salt that's being thrown around on the internet lately. I don't know. Welcome to the Corruptional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. Uh, Dodger, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. Guess what? I have nebulae on my fingers. Wow. 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 I got horse head nebulae on here. I got cra nebula? crab nebula on here. The best uh, kind of nebula. nebula. Huh? The best kind of nebula. I feel like the in a bar the fight, ones. the crab nebula would come out on top. I think so. If if all of them were in a bar and got into a bar fight, absolutely, for sure. I do. I do feel. Uh, yes, uh, I have my own Dodger here, actually. <gasps> Those. Uh, mm, I want to see it. Yeah. It <laughs> Hello. Yeah. There we go. So th this is the unpainted, uh, 3D printed prototype. It's as gray and as lifeless as the real Dodger. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> The unpainted 3D printed so prototype accurate. that we're, we're currently proofing to make sure that everything's right with it. Uh, each of these will be, I have a figure for you, Jesse, as well. You are here. You have a slightly bigger head than Dodger does. You're a little bit taller. Uh, that's more brain space. More brain in there. More space for air. Mm -hmm. There you go. More brain. Uh, yeah. Aww. That is, that is. Can I, can, I make a, can I make a suggestion? You can. I don't know where we're at. Your tail's we removable, need... by the way. Yes, we need to invest money in little holes so you can stick things in their hands. So Dodger can have two ugly cats. <laughs> TB can, can have things, and I can put, like, I don't know, things. Yeah, yep, this is going Great well. idea. This is why we get you on for branding, Jesse. Thank you. Well, no, what can and I say? Here is me. People say that, like, why am I in a fursuit? There is actually, there is a uh, one of the uh, animators. I am actually in a Kugurumi. He's in a skunk suit. Yeah, I'm in a skunk suit. There you go. Um, so these are basically what happens next is these need to be put into molds. The molds cost like $3,000 each. So we need to make Ooh. sure they're right before we start. Whoa. Don't worry. You don't have to pay for that shit. We're dealing with the investment. Good. Good. And, and once the molds Good. are done, they then they then print them out of the molds. And then uh, we uh, they get painted at the factory and then they get chipped out. So the hope is that within a couple of months, you'll be able to buy these either individually or as a three-pack or as a subscription to an entire series. There's going to be, hopefully, like three a month for a year. 
of different designs. So you'll be able to collect your own little family of pointless by internet December, By December, people. we're going to run out of ideas. Just a heads up. It's oh, be I got like, oh, oh, we've already got 12. True. We've got like They're the metal set. So uh, we, we got Dodger in a baby metal outfit. We've got yes, uh, the Shercox and yes. Dodgson set. We've got the film noir set, which is actually going to be noir. We're actually going to do paint it like noir colors. Which might just be um, a hand grenade. Yes. Oh you, no, TB's the hand grenade. I am a grenade, Mister D. <laughs> okay, let's go to video games. Eric's like, what the fuck did I even do showing up to this? And I don't blame him. <laughs> Eric, what games have you been playing this week? You were not a PAX. Let's do the second hour of the show about PAX. Let's do the first hour of the show. Uh, uh, well, what's left of it anyway, now that we've educated the youth on the games that we've been playing this week. So, Eric, what have you been playing this week? Um, I've been playing Fix My Computer when it crashed. Oh, that's well, been that's, a fun that's one. not a, that's not a fun, fun game, game actually. Yeah, yeah, that was. Did you a really beat the final boss? Game. I did. Yeah, that's oh, good. why I'm yeah. here. So you're enjoying it. New um, Game Plus now. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I played a little bit of um, Project Steam. Oh, how on is the that? 3DS. Uh, that's fun. Codename Steam, is it? Codename uh, Steam. Yeah. Yeah. I'm how getting my projects and code names mixed up. Indeed. Um, that was good. I, I I haven't I haven't finished it, but it reminds me a little bit of like. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles yes, yes. and uh, like other other turn-based Fire Emblem XCOM. Uh, it's it's fun. I like it. Does I need it do to get into it more. I've been spending stand out like versus something like Valkyria. Um, you know, it, it's it's Nintendo-y, so it's a little more cutesy. It's funny. It's it's it's. I haven't played enough of it to really say honestly. Isn't but Abraham I'll, I'll Lincoln the, in that? Like they've gone. Yeah, I was about to say. Have you gotten to Abraham Lincoln in a giant Abraham Lincoln mech suit? Because it might be the best moment in video game history. Yeah, no, not yet. But that does it's sound pretty, pretty amazing. It's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I played a little bit of uh, the uh, the DMC re-release. I have on, DMC uh, Definitive Edition. Enjoy yeah. the frame rate that PC gamers have had for the last four years. They yep, rebalanced some stuff in it, though, didn't they? Apparently, they did make some actual changes to it. Did, did you experience any of those? Um. Well, again, it's it's it it's basically the the PC version. Okay. There there are some rebalancing things, but it's been a while since I played the original, and uh, I didn't notice too much different about it. I I wouldn't. Say if you if you've already bought it, I wouldn't recommend buying it again. Yeah, I mean, if you played it yeah. on PC, you get the sixty frames per second experience, right. or more like, I think I had three hundred and seventy frames per second the last time I played it. So you know, it runs what? pretty well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's uncapped frame rate, so you can go fucking berserk on that. That game runs really well on almost everything. That the last time I went traveling, I took my uh, you know that Razer tablet, the really like ridiculously large heavy one that's like you can play. Regular PC games on the go with a handheld. Yeah. Well, ignore the fact this handheld weighs about six kilograms, but you can do it. So I took it on the plane and I played DMC and I got 70 FPS on medium on this tablet. And I was like, I'm playing a handheld that beats the shit out of a console right now. This is fucking great. That game runs well on a lot of things. It's really well optimized, unless, of course, you own a console. But it... <laughs> It also caused a bunch of controversy. Like, everyone here has played the new DMC, right, at some point. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what? I want to go around the room and get people's opinions on it, because it did cause a lot of people consternation, because obviously they changed Dante's design. The dialogue was never particularly good in DMC, but went maybe a bit too far in the new one. And there were also a couple of mechanical things that people didn't like, uh, the colored enemies in particular. So, Dodgers, you seem like you've got a few things to say on this. So. <laughs> 
What do you I reckon? I think people are fucking babies. I think people are oh, super really? okay. about that game. Yeah, because <clears throat> everybody was throwing a fit because, oh my God, Dante doesn't look like Dante. What the fuck? And I was like, well, there, I mean, we're starting with a younger Dante, right? There's always the possibility that he will become the Dante that we know and love. And everybody was like, no, it's not my Dante. So fuck it. And then they were like, oh, well, we're planning on this Dante becoming the Dante that you know and love. And they were like, no. <laughs> I was just like, fucking shut up. If you don't want to play the game, then don't fucking play the game. And in the end, the controls of the game were perfectly fine. I liked the aesthetic of the game. And I don't know. I think I think everybody's babies. You're all babies. I I found the aesthetic to actually be very <laughs> impressive. Like, I like the fact that they did a lot of really weird geometry on a lot of their levels. Mm-hmm. And that it, it was a good looking game. If you liked orange and blue contrast. If you don't like orange and blue contrast, you'll hate Devil May Cry. But it was a good-looking game. They did dumb the combat system down a little bit, but I'm going to be honest, like, I was never to the point where I could play DMC to that level to even notice. And I think that a lot of gamers are probably in the same position where they're not the ones pulling off triple S combos all the time. They're just kind of struck Because DMC was a hard game, historically. The first DMC was a fucking nightmare and dmc3 was even worse and dmc4 had time jumping puzzles in it because fuck you you know and it was it was pretty harsh and i i played <clears throat> devil may cry and i enjoyed it for what it was i thought that the the criticisms are valid but simultaneously don't matter to me that's like yeah. the way that i describe it. it's like everything you're saying is right and i don't care because what? yes jesse I, w- I don't know that I go that far. I I would say that there was a lot of rosy colored glasses nostalgia for the old Devil oh, May you Cry. Because so? old Devil May Cry, while a great game as a franchise, got worse and worse as time went on. And anyone who says I, otherwise, yeah, there's a lot that are there's the a thing lot. is it's hit and miss. I enjoyed right? the first two more than three. And DMC four for two sure. is widely considered to be the worst of the series. DMC three is a return to form. DMC four is questionable in many ways. Like some people didn't like it. I I think that people forget. Like when people are talking about the dialogue and they're like the dialogue in the new one's awful. The dialogue it's, in all of them was awful. Are you yeah, kidding me? I, I th- Dare I remind you of Fill Your Dark Soul with, with light? light. <laughs> and f- like, Flock on. Off Featherface being a real yeah. thing. And thank you to Bayonetta for continuing the legacy of Flock Off Featherface, by the way. I appreciate <laughs> that. And, and, and the first five minutes of New Devil May Cry, you already know it's not going to take itself seriously when pizza is covering his dick. Like, <laughs> you, under- you understand what you're getting into. And anyone who's like, oh, this game, first off, Anyone, anyone who had like complaints like this isn't my Dante, like hashtag not my Dante or whatever. Not my please, Dante. <laughs> please understand, if you had actually played the entire game, you would know the ending and no spoilers. You would know the ending is like, here's all your explanations, jackasses. It yeah. solves exactly. all your questions. <laughs> it's mind blowing the amount of complaining I saw for that game when it was one of like my favorite games when it came out. Like it, it the level where you basically fight uh, evil like. Robo Bill O'Reilly is maybe like the most fun I've had in a video game in a long time. I was like, this is great. What is the matter with these people? I don't know. I, don't, I, yeah, I, I, I disagree just, I felt, with the internet. I felt I, like basically the whole leading up to DMC being released, it was just lots of, but my nostalgia complaints. There is quite a lot of that. And ultimately, like, you have four games plus the remakes of those games. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily unreasonable to go in a different direction. 
But the problem is, it seems like that may have actually killed the series completely, and I don't know if we'll ever get another one, which is a bit upsetting, if that's true. Yeah. I, I, think- I feel like that's... I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like we weren't going to get another one, and that was their last-ditch attempt to revive it anyway. And so if we don't get one, it's at least we got that one. Because I feel like if you, by the time 4 was out, people were like, all right, we, we're a little done with the series. So I think four, maybe that was their... 4 definitely didn't sell as well as 3, that I know. Um, but it, I don't know if I'd necessarily say the series was dying by that point. It's hard to say. Like You know that companies have different benchmarks i mean hell if you're square enix and you don't sell 20 million copies of tomb raider apparently that's a commercial failure so (laughs) yeah it's like i don't know what your standards are i don't know what you judged as being successful and what was not Uh, eric uh, you've obviously played quite a lot of this so what do you reckon to it like uh, did you play the previous devil may cries like uh, how would you compare them um the combat's definitely dumbed down but i don't mind that because i was never particularly good at it to begin Same with, with me. You know, I but again that. but see so here's where i become more empathetic with like gamers who are upset over this like i'm not a core devil may cry fan i've played the games i've gotten my ass kicked at the games mm-hmm. and so when one comes out where the combat's a little dumbed down and i'm better at it i feel good but people who have been spending the last few years or decade or so honing their skills at a game and getting really good at the, the really in-depth uh, combat that, that sort of defines that series, when they get the dumbed-down version, you know, of course they're upset. I mean, yeah. I think there was probably more upset over that. I think that people focused on the hair a lot, and I know that um, the developers really did, and I think the developers really kind of screwed up their response to that. I think they but, stuck their uh, foot in the mouth with that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, really it, badly. They, they made a deliberate jab at people who were already kind yeah. of upset anyway, because all the dialogue that's seen up to that point is like, wow, you are an edgelord. It's like, really, it's like you just discovered 4chan, didn't you? That's where all your dialogue came from. Because he was... Yeah. All of the stuff that they showed prior to release was like, this Dante is a fucking knobber. Like, I would not want to meet this guy. He is a twat in, in the biggest possible way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It turned out he kind of wasn't, actually. If you play the game through, yeah, he's got his moments of twattiness, but, you know, he's actually reasonable. But yeah. I can see why people would, be, would have been upset right. about that. And it's it's a marketing issue, isn't it? You know? Yeah. It's like, you marketed the game this particular way and it didn't resonate with fans of the series who, ultimately, you there's quite a few of them and you probably at least want them to accept the game. So maybe don't rub it in their face that it's not the same. Maybe don't yeah. go that far. And there were articles written about, you know, how the gamers ruined. Uh, oh, the ruined you remember the VG twenty four seven article, yeah, right? And, and, Fucking disgusting. Yeah, yeah, I article. wrote about that. And Terrible to me, article. it's just like you know, if if your game doesn't sell, that's your fault. You know, that's yeah, your right. fault either because the. I mean, the game was good. I enjoyed it. I, I was really it. annoyed by its story. Honestly, I thought it was just pretty bad for the most part. Sure. But it had some clever <laughs> bosses. It had some really bad bosses too. Yeah. Uh, but like the Bill O'Reilly boss, that was funny. That was an entertaining experience. Um, I did enjoy the visuals, um, and I liked the combat. But if you're not, if you're trying to make a game, and and you're, I mean, who, who is the target audience for that game? I mean, is it Devil May Cry fans? Probably, right? Are they trying to make this for an all new demographic and a completely new audience? Not really. Trying to create one out of thin air. Because I mean, in my experience, the people that play spectacle fighters generally play a lot of spectacle fighters, and they're kind of the same people. Yeah. The same people that play Devil May Cry probably also play God of War, Bayonetta maybe even expanded out to things like Vanquish and all sorts of things like that. So if you piss off one group, you're probably pissing off more people than you could possibly imagine there. Yeah. And, and you know, like with a game like Bayonetta 2, you know, the, 
that's a controversial game for completely completely different reasons. That's only but a that's controversial a game, that... game because uh, someone that has a Suicide Girls account got upset over it. I wouldn't worry too much about that. <laughs> but there's a, there's a game that, you know, stayed pretty true to its roots and was well-marketed. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, I'm going to say is somewhere on the internet 25 minutes ago, you sons of bitches were like, Jesse, you, can, you can't call people crazy. And TV's like, that's just some whack job. on it. I did not say whack job. I just, I made it abundantly clear that he owns a Suicide Girls account and yet gets upset over sexy women in video games, which seems a, a little contradictory in some way. There are but Suicide Girl accounts? Apparently so. You actually have to pay for that stuff. So How do I know this and you don't know that? I guess I Jesse's into different things look, than we are. That's, I guess I'm, so. I'm, in, I'm into the porn that's free, not the one I have to pay for, <laughs> you suckers. That's called the internet. Oh my! Google it. <laughs> oh dear. Eric's like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> what did I get myself into? So, I guess the the point for me is, <clears throat> I do think people make much ado about nothing when it comes to video games, and it's okay. hard for me to to like get up in arms about that sort of thing. But then I think about a game I really like, like I really like Dark Souls, right? And if they came out with Dark Souls. A reboot of Dark Souls made by a new developer and the combat was like really, really stripped down and terrible comparatively. I'd be really upset probably. And I would hate to have that sort of thrown in my face. Like I don't deserve to have a good game. Like, I mean, it, it, it just it's, – it's bad business. That's, yeah. I, that's what I keep saying. These, the responses from, from, you know, with Mass Effect, with DMC, with all of these, it's just bad business. Like – you know, these are your consumers. You want them to buy your games. Like, but I mean, and that doesn't mean that they're always right. Like the whole idea of the customer always being right has always pissed me off because they're not always right. If you've ever worked in retail, you know, that's fucking. Yeah, bullshit. exactly. It's crazy, but you still have to sell your product. I mean, at the end of the day, the customer is only as right as the fact that they have money. Yes. They're going to buy your they're product or they're not going to buy your product. So yeah. you have to, you, you have to make a product they want to buy and you can't just, you know, yell at them for not buying it. It's, it's absurd. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that there's a difference. There's a difference between the way Mass Effect 3 was handled and the way The Devil May Cry was handled. Because while I think that, you know, and I led the boycott for Mass Effect 3 on the basis that they decided to put fucking Prothean DLC behind a paywall, which I found to be absolutely a day one paywall, which I found to be fucking disgusting. Yeah. But they changed the ending based on feedback. Like, they didn't say, fuck you. You know, the right. press did that. Like, the press right. were the ones who apparently decided to speak for Bioware. Bioware spoke through their actions and made the ending better. And I've watched that ending. It's a terrible ending. It is. <laughs> it is a terrible ending. Even the improved which, which, one which is one not is quite, quite as good. It, it's, it's better, but it's still a bad ending. Like, you, you deus ex machina the yeah. whole damn thing yeah, out of nowhere was... and made nobody's choices matter in any way. That's yeah. bad, but at least you accepted that and made an effort to make it better. Which I think is what they're doing with this uh, re-release of, of DMC. I mean, I think that a lot of the complaints are being addressed. I don't think you can change the fundamentals completely. Just like you no. can't fix the Mass Effect 3 ending. You, you can't, you can't uh, retrofit a, a good ending onto a game like that. No, because but it had to that... matter. It had to be based on the choices that you made. And the problem with Mass Effect 3 is that all the choices you made in Mass Effect 3, essentially all they did was give you points towards yeah. an ending, which was slightly different in color. And it's like, there's an extra scene because you did a bit better. Like, oh dear. Yeah. yeah. Not like the, the ending of Mass Effect 2, which that nailed it. 
That nailed it, because that made all your choices matter. It did, and it was great. But, well, I mean, again, you're right, though. There's no fixing that. Like, you'd have to redesign the entire game. Yeah. Redo the whole damn thing from the ground up. So, yeah, that's kind of sad. Anything else you've been playing this week? <laughs> Anything better? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I've been reinstalling a bunch of games, because my so computer crashed. <laughs> uh, let's see. I reinstalled Dark Souls 2, um, Darkest Dungeon, which yeah. I love. Yeah. That's a great I love game. that game. Hey, hang uh, on a minute. Jesse, you're the saltiest when it comes to that game. You said it was RNG bullshit. You 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 gone back yeah, to it? Yeah, but but it's fun. Like it's a fun game. It is entirely RNG bullshit, but it's if if you can have a game that is infuriating to play but you still come back to it, you've made a fantastic game. It's Fair very point. dark soulsy. <laughs> like, yeah. I I give me 25 minutes alone with that game and I'll be furious for the rest of the day. But <laughs> I will still go back and play it the next day. And that you know that means it's a good game. Sure. Yeah, it's a very good game. It, it reminds me a lot of some tabletop games. Um, I'd like to just port it into a tabletop game and, and play it with dice. I think that'd be really fun. Um, let's see. Uh, I've been playing some Shadow of Mordor, because that's always just fun to kill orcs. It is. The DLC? Or uh, I, I, the I, I've got the DLC. I haven't, I haven't jumped into it yet. Um, but I have it ready to play. I, my I play that with my four year old. He loves to kill us. Yeah, I know it's you, a little violent, you? and I feel, but he's really good at it. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if he's good at it, then like. Yeah, we were talking about it. child well, labor before the show. Apparently, that's what's yeah. happening. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cartoon violence. It's just orcs, and he <laughs> likes he likes to kill orcs, and I can't really hold that. Against now Polygon's him, so. upset because apparently you have a racial <laughs> bias. So be careful. Against orcs? Yeah, against orcs. Yeah, well, no, that, ar a... that article was literally written. I'm not kidding. Like, really? That exit. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I, was, I read the I kissing one. It, yeah, the kissing one was ridiculous. But I can't remember if it was Polygon that wrote it or someone else that was going on about the the way that orcs were treated as a race and that there was uh, racial undertones. And it was like, oh, dear. Uh, like, okay. are they the Germans? I, I, I mean, don't because know. Because Tolkien was writing sort of in, within the framework of World War Two and yeah, Nazis and context matters. So maybe they were maybe it's racist against German people. I don't know. Uh, it's it's there's been a lot of remarks made regarding um, regarding just Tolkien's work in general that seems to completely ignore the fact that it's like a hundred years old and was based in a different time. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, you know what else was racist? Fantasy. To kill a mockingbird. It's also fantasy. Yeah, there's there is the, the point that it is also fantasy, and you probably shouldn't take it that seriously. You know, but uh, I don't know. It's it's still a fucking fun game, as you said. Like yeah, I've never fun. had a game where I've held a grudge more than that. Like, fuck yeah. you, the guy with the bow that keeps leveling up, and he keeps ending, interrupting though. all my shit. He happens to wander into a fight that I'm in and put a fucking arrow in the back of my head. God damn that fucker. But they yeah. give you that moment at the end where the guy who gave you the most trouble is the last, like, second to last dude you fight. Yeah. Which is just a fantastic moment. He's like, what up, homie? I've been waiting for you. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is the time. That's great. That's a great moment. Yeah, that is a good moment. What do you reckon about the idea of redoing the final fight as an actual fight through DLC? Because some people were a bit salty about that, but simultaneously a lot of people were like, hey, cool, we have an option to fix it. That's kind of neat. Well, apparently it still wasn't, it still isn't like that exciting of an ending. Oh, <laughs> like, dear. They yeah. were like, we're going to fix the end. It's going to be amazing. And, and the people who have played awesome. it are like, it was okay. <laughs> it uh, makes me sad. 
Yeah, well, I think I think I'm the hype up. built up around they introduced these three new badass characters, and you expect like the fights are going to be amazing. And the first <clears> one that you fight is it's really fun, and the second yeah, one's sort one. of like sneak around and stab a dude, which is like okay. And the third one's like uh, spoilers, a QTE. Quick time there's events. Really nothing, yeah, there's really nothing to it, and it's like a three four button QTE, so it's not even really challenging. And I feel like they really goofed on that ending, but. I think that the potential for sequel story and stuff, like, they can easily make this up and make it better. Because there was a lot there, like, the ending of it, you're like, even though that was really quick, I kind of want to know where this goes. And, uh, I mean, I do at least, so I hope we yeah. get that in the future. Yeah, I it's agree. open for a sequel. I, I definitely do that. I'd like to see the combat system maybe enhanced a little bit. It while they did the Arkham system probably about as well as anyone could have, it's still the Arkham system, which, as people have accurately pointed out, as long as you have a mastery of two buttons, you literally cannot die. So it would be nice. To, like I'm wondering how on earth you could get away from that while maintaining the free flow of the combat. How on earth can you do it? It's, it's tricky. Like It really is. Like The, the Arkham system is very... I'm not going to use the word cinematic because I want to kill myself, but it it's a very it's very nice to look at. It's very free flowing. The animation quality is very very good, but simultaneously the Arkham system is very simple and requires the mastery of counter and dodge. And as long as you can press those two buttons, you are invincible, effectively. Well, so I'd, I'd like them to somehow fix that. More enemy variety could really go a long ways towards that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, just killing orcs. Well, part of the problem is as you progress through the game, you become more and more powerful. Mm -hmm. And so what might have been something of a challenge early on becomes just, just I mean, it's like a ballet. You go and you fight 100 orcs and you're, you're not doing it because you're, you're challenged. You're, you're doing it to see how high your kill streak can be. You know? Yeah, you're, how you're just, high can just, your combo get? And, and, you, and to see all the cool kills and the animations. I mean, and it's fun, definitely, but it's not, it's not super challenging. No. Um, Unless you're really drunk, but um, <laughs> that's uh, when you get your four-year-old to play it, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I the four-year-old take it. <laughs> the four-year-old playing means that a, that a lot more orcs level up, which is kind of an extra added challenge. But um, I don't know. I think if you had enemies that weren't just you know other humanoids, more enemies that have you know other powers, other other obstacles, you could really make it more interesting. In order, if yeah. there were people who like had you know breathed fire at you or other other things that you couldn't just sort of like press x to jump over and stun you know i also have a problem with how many powers you get in that game honestly i i it's it's cool and it's it's great and all but it it should be getting increasingly difficult as you go as you progress and instead it, it gets increasingly easy mm -hmm. so but that that just goes back to the whole concept of leveling up characters in games it does doesn't it it's actually kind of counterintuitive yeah. because yeah it's often like you're just running on a treadmill because like hey i i leveled up but so did my enemies so did we right. really level up if everyone's special nobody is uh -huh. right. <laughs> right yeah yeah it's the age-old problem with everything from D D to you know any modern video game role-playing game yeah but but ultimately you have to do it because if you pull progression out of games like that then people lose interest Right. So you've got to always be unlocking new combat abilities and all sorts of things like that. But the, the enemies have to scale relative to that. Uh, I, I actually like it when games put you in a situation where you don't have a particular combat ability and you just get slapped around as a direct result of not having it. And then you go on a, a glorious side quest to try and get that combat ability so you can kind of go back. Mm -hmm. It's almost like... Uh, 
a meta metroidvania i know that sounds terrible yeah. but it's like uh-huh. in a metroidvania <laughs> game it's as simple as ability is key yeah ability is a key to unlock a door in a game like guacamelee for instance you need to unlock various wrestling moves to buy to bypass different colored doors in metroidvania uh, games you do the same thing mm-hmm. what you want to do is you want to create a, a sort of pseudo metroidvania where you run into an obstacle that is very difficult to beat unless you have a certain ability. Not impossible, but very, very difficult to beat. And that, that gives you like an excuse to go off and try and figure out how to unlock this ability or whatever. It's not just a case of finding an item. It's a case of, I got to find some experience. These enemies are bad. I'm going to try and avoid them for the time being while I power up in order to actually defeat them. I like it when games do that. I don't like <laughs> it when games, they kind of exactly match your power level, blow for blow, because it's like... You're just shifting the goalposts every time I level up now, aren't you? This isn't. F- There's never that power disparity that makes things interesting. Either you're super overpowered or you're super underpowered and trying your best to survive. It's always like you're just in the middle. Like that's, yeah. that's dull to me. Yeah, and I think that you like um, having mechanics where, where that emphasize maybe gear and not just leveling up your character, but like uh, finding the right tool for the right time, things like yeah. that. Well, you have to make choices and you have to think on your feet or you have to – and it's not all just handed to you, but you have to actually discover like this, this passage to get through here. I can't use my you know, greatsword. I have to find a spear or you know, just, just different, different ways to make people think about the game they're playing. Do you think that goes against – I guess like a lot of developers I talk to now are always about uh, – I want the gamer to have – the ability to figure out how to get through it themselves without, like, you know, if, if it has to use a certain weapon or a certain item, like, there's a gate you have to get through. A lot of developers now are like, there's got to be many ways they can do it. And I feel like, you're probably right, it dumbs, I don't want to say dumbs down, but it, like, sort of simplifies the gameplay because they have to open it to a lot of things. But I feel like everyone's like, let the game player be their own game player. Uh, do you think that, like, having that gate hurts that attitude, or, or I guess uh, negates that? I think that with... Um with uh, openness in general, let's say an open world game or with an open-ended game where the gamer can figure it all out on their, on their own, I think that the, the way to make that interesting and not just sort of feckless and like you're just wandering about doing nothing or doing it however you want and everybody's happy is to, is to provide gates, to provide some sort of artificial limiters so that people do have to think about how they're going to approach something. Or the, I, I think that what's lost is sort of this, this notion of design, like level design, like it doesn't have to be strictly linear. It doesn't have to be strictly open. I think that there's, there should be like better ways to go about it and worse ways to go about it. And you should be rewarded and punished based on how you approach things. I, I, I think there's a problem with just everything being so open these days. It was almost a, a reaction to things once upon a time being quite linear. Mm. And the problem with open world games, as you said, is that they have no level design to speak of. Basically, right. it's a map where they spec a little attractions around the place. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's memorable. Similar. It really isn't. I said the same thing about Far Cry 4. I can barely remember a single location in that entire game because they're all the fucking same. It's like there's the a best, hut here. The best, part about, the best part about Far Cry 4 is not the actual Himalaya area, uh, the, the Kirat area. It's all the Shangri-La stuff. The stuff that's like a singular little chunk that's beautiful, engaging, and it's actually really fun. It's crazy that that's the best part of the game. Yeah, and they've spent all this time on everything else. It's because it's, it's a designed level. It's not just this open world sandbox. And sandboxes yeah. have their place, but simultaneously you sacrifice level design. And kind of back to the previous subject, uh, just before we go to the break, I think when it comes to freedom, 
in games and freedom to the player, one of the most important aspects of that is the freedom to fail. And yeah. if you take away the freedom to fail, then you take away a lot of what makes video games an interesting challenge because games are by their definition a challenge of some description. In the case of single-player games, you're challenging the environment. If the environment is not challenging in some way and doesn't kick your ass, and you're not free to go into an area that's frankly too too powerful for you, and you need to... you need, That creates an objective in your mind. It's like, ooh, this area looks really interesting. It's probably got some really cool shit in it. Oh, crap, I'm getting murdered because I'm nowhere near good enough for this. I am I have the freedom to fail that area, and then I create my own objective. It's like, I'm going to conquer that area, and then I spend the next several hours building myself up to do that. That's interesting. Right. Well, that's what, there's not enough uh, yeah. of that. That's what uh, the Dark Souls creator said about challenge in Dark Souls. It wasn't, it wasn't hard because they wanted the game to be hard. They wanted the game to be satisfying to players. And so that level of challenge was, was there as a, as a way to create satisfaction. Because when you can over, overcome an obstacle, then you, you do feel a much greater sense of satisfaction playing, playing a game or really in you know, any aspect of life. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will run an ad. As much as I'd like to say, hey, we have a new Squarespace ad, we don't because these guys were away at PAX, so we didn't have the chance to put a new one together. You're going to have to deal with that. I know people get very excited about the new Squarespace ads for some reason, <laughs> but you're going to have to deal with an older one, I'm afraid. But big thanks to Squarespace, of course, for sponsoring the podcast. We'll be back after this and a short break. We'll be talking a bit more about... We'll probably go on the PAX subject, I think, because Jesse and Dodger have loads of games to talk about. Lots, many, huge numbers. So, so I get sitting here doing nothing. It's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. We'll be right back. Jesse, you seem frustrated. Ah, oh, it's this damn website. It's going to be the next big thing, but I can't even get it to work correctly. The next big thing? Huh, that sounds interesting. Well, what's that all about? It's a definitive list of all the dancing sharks I know of. So what you're telling me is that you're trying to cash in on the current but obviously fleeting interest in dancing sharks thanks to the recent Super Bowl performance, yes? Yes, I really like money. Well, it does seem like developing a website the old-fashioned way would take forever. That's the problem! By the time I figure out how to create this thing, the craze will have vanished! I need a way onto this bandwagon, and fast! Well, instead of creating it yourself, which takes, you know, effort and stuff, have you considered Squarespace? What exactly is Squarespace, and how can it help me mine this internet gold? Well, Squarespace lets you make a website for whatever you'd like. You can create a professional-looking and super-functional website with no experience required, and if you sign up at squarespace.com slash co-optional, we'll give you 10% off your first purchase. Wait, so it's that simple? Just sign up on Squarespace and I'll be showered with internet gold? Well, I mean, there's no guarantee, but your website's certainly gonna look the part. Fantastic! There's just one problem. And what is that? My crippling fear of sharks! <laughs> Squarespace, create a website about sharks that can terrify viewers the world over on practically any device. Focus on your ideas, get up and running in minutes, and even sell directly to your customers with Squarespace e-commerce. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. You can even get 10% off your first purchase and support the Co-Optional podcast by visiting squarespace.com slash co-optional. Would like to thank Squarespace for their support of the Co-Optional podcast, and please ask that they call off the dancing sharks at once. Please, really, we'll do whatever you say. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional uh, podcast. And we have two people who went to PAX that probably really, 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 really want to talk about games that they got to play there, so... Last well, I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. So there are two games that I played outside of PAX, and then there's all the shit that we played at PAX. Do you want these to go in order? 
I, what do you mean outside of PAX? What are you talking about? I mean, like, I, I played two I, games I, after I got back from PAX, already, and I don't know if TB wants, yeah. like, a slight... Like, let's let's, let's start with them, then. I haven't even talked about the games I've played this week. I probably won't even have the chance to, but whatever. Uh, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about the games outside of PAX first. So, what, what did you play after you got back? Incoming so, anime bullshit. No. Tormentum came out, and I played a lot of that on stream, and it's actually super fun. So, like, the the puzzles, there are only a couple of puzzles that were really tear my hair out for me. For the most part, it's pretty simple. It's really more about the aesthetic, and also, something that's super cool, is there are very key puzzles within it. By the way, for those of you who don't remember Tormentum. Um, it's the it's game the- that I loved. It's the point the and click style, puzzle game fuck. that's like it's like here's yeah, a train made of flesh. It's super like grim, dark, and gory, and yeah. uh, and it's it's a point and click puzzle adventure. So it's kind of it's a fun mesh. But um, there are key puzzles that you can do in multiple ways because there are choices. Like you're given the choice to like kill or not kill somebody, and um, there there are a few other like very specific choices that happen throughout the game, and you can tell that. One way is going to make this situation easier on you and the other is going to make it harder. Like you're going to have to do go through um, more just like it's just going to be more of a hassle to get that item that you need to complete this puzzle over here. Right. Depending on what you choose. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was really cool. That was kind of an awesome element that it's not extremely linear. There are already I've I played it. um Played it for three hours, and there have already been like a lot of areas where it it could you know go one way or the other. So I appreciate that, and yeah, the the game does have guys. There's like there's like dead horse corpses and shit in this game. Like it's not if don't you you do not want to play this with your kids, Eric. Don't play this with your four year old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I uh. <laughs> Oh yeah, the it art is style is cool. thoroughly. Gr- it's it's almost Geiger esque in many ways. Uh, if, if, Very. If if Geiger was doing kind of more medieval sort of fantasy, dark fantasy art instead of the futuristic stuff, it would be quite inspired by that. Yeah, so cool. I've been I've been really. I remember when I played the demo and I came on here and I was like, I don't know, the puzzles were pretty simple. And now three hours in, I can say, yeah, the you know for the most part the puzzles are pretty simple, but it does a good job of of helping you focus your energy in certain areas. Like there's a mine that I had to go into and do a bunch of puzzles in the mine. And once mine. I was done with the mine, <laughs> mine, mine. Once, I was, once I was done with the mine, there was a cave in. So that told me like, you don't have to worry about coming back here. Like, don't keep this place on your radar. You're done with it, you know, which helps me so much because otherwise I would be backtracking to so mm. many different places trying to figure out, like, did I miss something? Like, what's going on? Right. And with the way that they do that and keep you kind of focused in one area or, you know, like a, a, a very a very small space of areas, you can really think to yourself, OK, there are only a few different things that I could possibly be missing. You know, there are only a few different areas that I should go back to and like really make sure I got everything. So in that way, it does. It, it helps you out really well. Um, there have been a couple of puzzles where I found a diagram to help with the puzzle and the diagram just confused me more. <laughs> I was like, come on, without this diagram, I probably would have done better on this puzzle. But the game itself, yeah, has been really, really fun. So I'm excited to to play the rest of it. Cool. 
And, I love uh, the art style, and I hate the idea of puzzling, so I probably won't be playing it, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was like, TB, do you want to code? And you were like, no. Uh, I, don't want, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> this is the kind of game that I would I would have to look at with a walkthrough next to me, because I just find it utterly frustrating. It's the same thing I had to do with the old Discworld point-and-click. Because that game's logic is fucking bizarre, which I suppose is to be expected from a Discworld game, but... I right. wanted to see the whole game because it had some amazing voice acting and a really cool story in Ankh Morpork. So I just sat there with a walkthrough and just played the whole thing. I just like, I'm sorry, I don't want to be stuck for 20 hours because I can't actually figure out what's going on. I mean, I love puzzle games and I'm also really bad at them. So, and I, and they've been they've been pretty okay for me. The puzzles haven't been too bad. So, if you ever did want to just try it out, I think I don't think that it would wind up being super frustrating for you. But anyway, there's that game. And then I also played Shelter 2 last oh, night. Oh, yes. The, uh, the, link, the Lynx simulator. The, the first yeah. game was about badgers. This one's about Lynx. The game is fucking adorable. You're like, you're a pregnant Lynx mama, and you're looking for a place to stay, and there are wolves after you, and you're like, yeah, here are wolves. The art style is so pretty. And then you find a little tree and you like pop inside of the tree and you have a bunch of babies and you get to name the babies. So I named them all after One Piece characters because I'm oh. a shitlord. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like where I am in the game right now is literally just running around and feeding your babies. But the longer that you play it, it gives you more like hunting abilities. Like um, I can sniff and if I sniff, then I can see like where everything is and what's in what direction. And it helps you if you're going to wind up getting further and further away from your shelter. I haven't had, I haven't had the courage to get super far away from my shelter yet. Uh, okay. Cinnamon Toast Ken was just in our chat talking about how he played it. And he was like, I went to where the snowflake was and then wolves ate my babies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so scared of going that far. And then wolves possibly eating my babies, right? Because every now and then it'll go that to like a, problem kind of in life. a nighttime. Yeah. Every now and then it'll go to nighttime and then the music gets really like scary. Okay. But one of the things that I think is really interesting, it's kind of a weird psychological thing, is that when you're in an area like this that's just very open and you have the ability to run, all you want to do is run everywhere. But you're your babies can get lost. Okay. So especially when it's dark and you're like, we need to get back to the shelter. Like right now you can't, you can't just run the whole way because there's a possibility that you'll lose one of them. Right. Or that like one of them will trail behind and get eaten by wolves. So like you have this, this weird like give and take of, I kind of need to just walk to the shelter, but like, who knows if wolves are going to show up and like, it's interesting. There's there's stress there. I know that once one of my babies dies, I'm going to be really, really sad. I <laughs> I so could sad. not play a game that depressing. I, I can't do it. I know that Mrs. is currently playing and named everyone after co-optional people. So I think, I know, she I think Krendor's picture. dead now. Uh, <laughs> he was eaten by an eagle, possibly. No! Krendor! I'm oh, hoping uh, that if I just... If I just keep feeding them rabbits, like, really close to the shelter, then eventually they'll be like, all right, well, we're full-grown lynxes, and we're good now. And I'll be like, <laughs> I love you so much. Good job, everybody. So I'm so scared they're going to get eaten and killed and stuff. So, yeah. 
the end shelter two shelter two is real good and it's real pretty the art is amazing so if you want to play that play it and then um name all of your characters after anime after characters people that and, you love and tweet me or, a picture or anime yeah <laughs> or the they're, they're the same. people it's the same thing yeah but hey whatever <laughs> Whatever. As long as Zoro lives, as long as Zoro lives, just like in the anime, he keeps he keeps nearly dying, but he comes back. He gets taken off by a hawk and then just shows up back at the shelter like I killed that hawk mom. And I'll be like, that's my boy. <laughs> that's what I want to have happen. <laughs> oh, my. I, I should probably blitz through the games that I've been playing before you guys start on packs. Sure. Uh, so I guess quick blitz. Uh, Hotline Miami 2 is amazing. It's exactly what you would expect from a Hotline Miami sequel. It's got more masks, it's got more enemy types, it's got a lot of level variety, which I was quite impressed with. Which also, for some reason, PC Gamer, like, thought was bad, like, which is a bit weird. I don't, I don't know, I guess... I read that article and was like, I don't... I don't know, it's it's just a disagreement. Like, they, they apparently think that the limitations on certain levels about what you can do is bad. I think it's really nice, because it gives you that extra level of variety. Like, I'm on a level right now, which is... I call it the Rambo level. They they change they change the mechanics on that level where you have a, a set gun you can't pick up a gun, but your right click is to switch to a combat knife, and you can find ammo boxes for your gun, but they only give you a very small amount of ammo, and some of the uh, enemies can't be killed by melee weapons. So you've got to be really smart about how you use your gun. I think that's a really cool idea, and I think PC Gamer hated it. So there you go. I I think it's fantastic. I, I Hotline Miami Two is is just wonderful. It's a mechanical tour de force it's a wonderful really fun game and i would strongly recommend it to pretty much everybody that likes ultra violence which is what this is yes dodger so at their booth at the devolver booth they had it set up where people could stand in line and play it and try to get a certain number of points in order to get their limited edition vinyl which looked amazing by the yes, way yes. i was like i kind of really want that vinyl not enough to pay for it but looks real good and i kept noticing it seemed like in the build that they were playing, which I assume was the final build, um, that gunfire doesn't alert everybody on the floor anymore. No, it doesn't. Um, it's which it I think is very weird. <laughs> it, it alerts the pro Well, the problem with that mechanic is that it literally it uh, it involves the entire floor running into a hail of gunfire, which is dumb and makes guns really overpowered if you have enough ammo. Like if if the entire floor suddenly ra kept running around a corner and you had an Uzi, you just kill all of them. So right. what uh, this is why I assume they did this. Gunfire can still attract people close by, but it won't attract the entire floor. And I think it's because guns were considered OP, and that's one of the ways that they dealt with that. So you still have to move around, which means there's a much bigger risk of you running around a corner and getting popped in the face because you weren't paying attention. So I, right. think, I think that's why. I mean, it doesn't obviously make any logical sense, but it, do it definitely doesn't alert everyone on the floor, uh, thankfully. Um, yeah. Also, do you remember if Glass was in Hotline Miami One? Because fuck Glass, that I don't remember Glass being a thing. I don't remember Hotline being Miami a thing One. either. I played that game a decent amount. Yeah, I, it's got so there's windows now, which of course they look like part of the wall, but you can shoot people through them. So the amount of times uh. that I fucking died because I thought, oh, it's a wall, it's fine, and then someone fucking snipes you through a window is ridiculous. Can so, you can you not tell that there's a window there? Yes, but I'm an idiot. Like it, you, you <laughs> ah, get it, you ah, get into I this. <laughs> yeah, apparently glass was a big thing in number one. Yeah, I, I evidently just forgot. 
Yeah, so the windows yeah. are number yeah, one as well. You can, you can die stupidly because of it. Because I think like your brain says, oh, it's a wall, ergo, you don't have to worry. But actually, you do. It's like, I'm a, here's a wall, and suddenly there's a window, and now you can see me, and now I'm dead. But yeah, apparently that was a thing in uh, one. But I do like the, the new masks are great. There's one that lets you play two characters at once. One has a chainsaw, one has a gun. There's another one that lets you dual-wield SMGs, and you uh, your right mouse button puts them out either side. So you can kind of, you can fire at two targets either side of you, um, but he doesn't have uh, melee attack. So And he's also a really big target. He's like a huge guy, so he ends up like dying a lot because of stray bullets. There's a lot going on in that game. It's great. Uh, and the soundtrack is phenomenal, as always, as you might expect. So there's that. Uh, I played a bunch more cities. I still haven't like played enough, I think, to make a video about it, but my city is dying of water poisoning. Uh, apparently that's a thing. The game doesn't have disasters, but apparently you getting your water poison is a big thing. I don't know how to fix it, because almost everyone in my city is dead. But dead bodies are piled up on the streets. Everyone is infected. I built 20 more hospitals to try and deal with the epidemic of water poisoning. It has yet to succeed. I increased my taxes so high that everyone left the city, just to make sure I could get rid of all the sick people. It still didn't work. I don't know what to do. I think I have to restart my what? city now. Man, I, I don't even know how to unpoison the water. The, I have no idea how to go poison uh, in the first place. I mean, you should be able to, like, give everybody water filters, right? <laughs> I think so. Be like, here you go. Everybody gets a free water filter. Now we're all fine. Yeah. People are like, oh, did you put your water intake too close to your sewage outlet? It's like, I put it downstream. Like, that's how it fucking works. Yeah. I'm not sure how the water got infected with anything, but it did. So I have no idea. I'm I'm probably going to have to restart the game now because I don't I've been trying for like three hours to fix this and I have no idea how it happened or whatever. Yes, we've got people trying like, did they put their sewage upstream? No, because I'm not a moron. But the water got poisoned anyway, so I'm not really sure how that ended up happening. Uh, uh, giant shout out to all the Final Fantasy Six fans in chat who are like, rest in peace, sign and family. That is that's going back. That's going back that I never a few got. years. I don't know. They all died from poisoning. That's the that's the Kefka poisoned his family and killed everyone. Yep. That's, yep. That's I have no idea what's going on. It happened. In that also, game. apparently, <laughs> it was Dodge, a very emotional Dodge's scene. window appears to be encroaching on Eric Kane's window right now. I'm gonna have to try and fix that. Uh, what do you mean? It's like your camera. Go away, Dodger. You creepy oh. motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, so I played that. That was good. Uh, played a bit of Druid's Duel. Did my video on that. That game's hard and good. So. Yeah, that's a that game's a bunch of fun. Uh, played. I got back into wrestling, so I decided to play WWE Immortals on the iOS. It's actually pretty funny. Ooh. It's like all, all wrestlers are now super powered characters. Like the Rock is literally made of rocks, you know, and good. other things good. like that. It's actually kind of fun. It's a really simplistic sort of fighter for iOS, but it's it's actually kind of a good time. Um, it's 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 really, it's done by Netherrealm, so that helps it not be shit um but yeah i've been watching wrestling and i've discovered that the main storyline wrestling is really boring now but nxt which is kind of their up-and-comers wrestling is really really good so i've been watching that and that's been great fun like for instance they actually have females wrestling as opposed to slapping each other for three minutes and then the round ending which apparently is all wwe Go ever does on. with female wrestlers <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah so that's good uh, but yeah, we've been watching myself and the missus have been watching a bunch of NXT. It's been a lot of fun. I also played a bit more War Thunder. I have uh, my uh, Hetzer, 
which is a really ugly tank destroyer. I made it bright pink. And Perfect. Yep, fantastic. It murders everything in the universe, which I'm very, very happy with. Did you call it the Total Princess? Uh, no. Should I have? Is that yes. A, that's a thing that should have happened. Oh, I was, mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't but the made E's aware. and the Princess are spelled with threes because well, you're on yeah. the internet. Obviously. So. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know what what happened there, uh, but I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid I didn't call it the Princess. It does blow things up though, and it is bright pink, so that's wonderful. I think that's pretty much about it in terms of the games that I've been playing. I don't think there's been too many more. Have I played anything else? I don't think so. I haven't got Ori in the Blind Forest yet. I got a code oh, for it. Oh, the game is so good. I, I'll talk I, about I that. I don't even know if that. I can actually play it on Windows 7 because I got a code for it and it's for the Windows Store, but you can't use the Windows Store on Windows 7. So I don't know if I can actually play Ori. Just get it on Steam Ori. tomorrow. Is it actually coming out on Steam? I thought they said it was. It says March wasn't. 11th. It says really? March 11th on the Steam page. Oh, so they released it a couple of days earlier on the Microsoft Store or something. I don't know. I guess. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sorry. We're still trying to fix Dodge's fucking. That's what I'm gonna wait for. I'm gonna go wait till it's on Steam because like, I know, man, uh, I played it at PAX. It's so good. It's so good. It's, so it's a gorgeous-looking game. Uh, I've had I read some of the reviews and they were like, "Yeah, this game is really gorgeous." Uh, but yeah, this game doesn't really do anything new. So I'm hoping it doesn't end up turning into another. Uh, n n I can't remember the name of that game. The name with the uh, the game with the little Arctic fox. Uh, oh, oh uh, um, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Um, 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 uh, um, never alone. Never hold never on. Alone. Never alone. Yes. Never yeah. alone. Never alone. Yeah, giant disappointment that game, in my opinion. Like, I, <laughs> this I is was... not. Or in the blind forest is not that. Holy shit. Okay, it's a lot. It's a lot better it's than good. that. Good. Good. It's so. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Ne never alone was disappointing to me because like that has really interesting subject matter and you've made a game that doesn't work properly and isn't very interesting even when it does. So that was upsetting to me. Up this, I'm trying to fucking fix this window. It's the most annoying thing in the universe. Okay, I think I've got it. Don't worry, we can we can hold. I got it. I fixed it. I hold. think. Hold. Have we got it? Hold. Yeah, we good. Okay, go live. There. Okay, the overlap isn't there anymore. Thank God. Hold. Thank goodness. I thought I'd fix this before the show, and then uh, Eric Kane's face started to slowly disappear, and now I've had to fix that. But it's all good. We're good now. We're good. Yay! We're good. Oh yeah, hold. and I played. Uh, I played Off World Trading Company. And that game is really, really good and very, very hard. And my wife beat the shit out of me at it. Holy crap. Oh, dear. <laughs> it is good. It is a, it's an economic real-time strategy. So you don't build units to attack your opponents. You try and take hexes on the map and you mine from them. And mm -hmm. you then try and buy out the other guy's companies by buying all their stock and then taking their company over. So that's, cool. that's a thing. And it's pretty fucking fun. And I am terrible at it. Absolutely fucking awful. Holy crap. I need to I need to work on not being awful at that game, but that that is a that's a nice game. Like it's an early access, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it should be well done, but I guess they just want to polish it up a little bit more. There's already a lot of content. They have a daily map which is randomly generated that everyone can play, which is really really good. I like that. So I'm pretty happy with Off World Trading Company up to this point, and the multiplayer is really really good. And I'm terrified of playing my wife at it again because she'll probably destroy me. She's damn good at that game. When it comes to money management, <laughs> she's quite... I mean, to be fair, she made more in the stock market this month than I made for my salary, so there you go. Like, <laughs> I should probably not play her at that game anymore because she's too good. Yeah, so that's... many skills. Yeah, yeah, she's got a lot of them. And I think that's that's pretty much it for the most part. I think that's, that's all the games that I've been playing. I've been watching lots of wrestling and not playing a lot of games, so it's been pretty fun, Ooh, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah! 
Indeed. Slim Jims and thing, brother. Oh, Jesse, did you play? Yeah. Did you play Titan Soul? Or Titan no, Souls? I did not. Are we going to start with indie games or are we going to start with big games, Duger? I don't think start, I played any big games. Kid? We can start with okay. big games because I already talked about other bullshit. So if you right. if you want to talk about big games because I gotcha. I don't know the people necessary to play big games <laughs> and I don't have the patience to stand in the lines. So <laughs> All right. Uh, so I wrote out a list of what I could remember. I'll just go down the list. I played more games at this pack. I like made an effort to I, to not take very many appointments and just go around and play as many things as possible. Mm-hmm. So I played a ton of stuff. Um, I am thrilled, first off, that I got to sit down and finally play World of Warships. I yes. love that that game is a much slower, more methodical, more tactical version of World of Tanks. Uh, the ships are the same era as, you know, World War One up until Korean War. Um, some of them are really, really funny, like they look like cruise ships with cannons on them, okay. and uh, they're going up against early aircraft carriers. It's very, very fun. Um, I think some of the things I really liked about it was the fact that team base play-wise, you have to be a much like you don't have room for massive, massive screw-ups. If you screw up, it's because your strategy at the beginning was a failed one. Like your team going in was not as good as the other team. There isn't. It isn't sort of like that. Uh, World of Tanks or Warplanes or even like in MOBAs, like if one person really goofs at one point, you're done. This is more like everyone is on the same page going in and everything's very like, let's make this plan work and let's do this. Let's hide behind this. We're going to draw these guys out here. We're going to do this. And if your plan going in sucks, you lose. And that's it. And it's because you didn't plan well. And I think that's really great. Like I had a ton of fun playing it. Um, It's still, I think, an alpha, I think. It is, yeah. But uh, I got closed beta I access, wish... but I can't talk about it. Like everyone's under NDA unless you played it at a show, basically. I wish it would come out sooner and I could actually play more of it than like the twenty minutes I played because I have no real basis for like critiquing it. Because at the time I was having a ton of fun. I was like, "Oh, guys, we're doing this shit. Let's do this." So yeah, it wasn't. It was more like you know when you play a game for the first time and you're just very like, "Oh, this is gonna be so much fun." And it, at the time, it was a lot of fun. Um. I, I definitely think that I like it better than tanks and warplanes. I think that its pace is like right up my alley. So I good. I like the the pace of anything involving ships. There's there's that tall ships game that Side Strafe keeps playing. I think it's called Naval Action that mm-hmm. apparently is really good. And I I know that the uh, world of warships is supposed to be a little bit faster paced than that, just a bit. But it's still really big fucking ships with really big fucking guns when naval combat was actually interesting before they turned everything into aircraft carriers. Yeah. So I will play that, definitely. Yeah, the balance is there, too, because a lot of people were trying to do aircraft carriers and use the planes on the aircraft carriers to fly around, scout, to bomb, do all this stuff. And we discovered that if you just set the uh, deck of an aircraft carrier on fire, no matter how many planes they have, they just can't launch them. They can't launch and them. it's really great. You're like, ah, suck it, incendiaries. <laughs> it's, yeah, it was a ton of fun. Good shit. Um, so that was, a, that was a really great game that I played. Uh, clearly, I think Overwatch was one of the biggest games there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my the God. Line, the line was insane for that game. And I think also because, and this is Blizzard hype again, First off, they're geniuses, but they're also assholes. Everyone <laughs> knows at PAX, you collect pins, right? Like, PAX pins are the thing to do. Blizzard had, if you play our game, you get a pin. But if you get the best uh, play of the game, you get a gold pin. 
And the gold pins were super duper rare to the point where people were going back in line over and over and over and over again just to get best play of the game and selling them like it was crazy pants. Someone was saying and, like they're going on eBay for 150 fucking dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're ridiculous. Crazy. For these gold pins, it, it, I you know, it's it's it was genius. It, people were in that line like crazy. Um the new map is a lot of fun. Uh the new characters I think are really fun. I definitely think they're a little they're not balanced at all, but I know that's not their concern, but yeah, they're really really saying, fun. Everybody was saying that Sharpshoot Cowboy Dude was like really weak compared to pretty much everybody else. He's, <laughs> like he's, he was not fun to play. I think he's a very high skill character because uh Jesse McCree the new cowboy guy, he his abilities are he can fire like 1 2 3 4 like that, right? Or he can unload all at once. But the I problem mean, is yeah. is like you have to combo them so you can stand back and dodge and go one, two, and dodge out of the way and then roll. And as you roll, you reload and come up right in their face and kill them, which is like, that's a skill shot. That's like a real, you have to be very good at that. There he has stun grenades and his ability is like a, um, is special as he can, he does it like, ah, and then he can like kill people across the ma like map if he locks onto them. But the problem is, is in videos, the lock-on looks really cool, and you're like, yeah, that's awesome. But in reality, people just move out of the way. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, you, also, do you have to stand <laughs> still to do it? Because that seems like yeah, a surefire yeah. way to get shot in the face. Yeah, it's so silly. Um, Zarya, the tank, I think is probably one of... It's, it's probably the tank, I would say, if you like being a tank who runs in like a dummy, this is the character for you. Okay. Because her shield ability is literally like... If you hit me, I get stronger. So you just run forward and people are like, rah, 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 rah. And I think that's uh, really cool. Um, uh, there was, uh, yeah, I, I think in general, I mean, it's Overwatch. Everyone sort of, it's on everyone's radar as is. And I think they just sort of hyped it up a bit more. I was a little disappointed in the internet for it's like, this new character is clearly just to appease social justice warrior people. Stop. Stop. Stop, that. Stop doing that. Stop doing that, internet. That's dumb. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was fun. It's a, it's a, it's a very fun team-based game. Uh, next, I played Halo 5. It's Halo 5. Like, we only played multiplayer, and it Dude. plays like multiplayer Halo. The, the line Halo was crazy for it, but... was so loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Halo 5 booth and, um, Wargaming. Those are the two booths where no matter Loudest where you were on the floor, you were like, what the fuck? I can still hear them. Yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. It was, it, it, I mean, I have no basis. I haven't played a Halo game hardcore since 3, so I have no basis on, like, how multiplayer has changed or whatever, but it felt like a Halo game. Like, I was like, all right, well, that was the thing I played. <laughs> I was like, time to move on. So I don't, I'm sure that uh, some of my friends, like uh, Eli, Naked naked Eli, Naked Halo, who's like, I'm one of the best players in the world, which he technically is, would have a lot more to say about that than I would, but, uh, you know, go watch, go to his channel. Um, Fable Legends is essentially, uh, RPG version of Evolve. You have an evil dungeon master who controls this, this world. And then the heroes, four heroes run through and try to, uh, defeat him. And it's a more uh, serious version of dungeon land, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of balancing need <laughs> every time I played every time without fail, even waiting in line to play it. I never saw the adventurers win. Either you need m very, very much coordination or uh, they need to balance it out more where they actually stand a chance because eventually it's just a war of attrition and eventually no matter what, the dungeon master guy can just wear them down by sending guys. 
And because he can control the board, he can sort of lure them around and trap them. So it's probably like you need to know the map. You need to know uh, what abilities go where, what kills what. So it, it, it was fun. I definitely think that uh, Krendor cheated when he played as the Dungeon Master and had a guy tell him what to do. But whatever. You know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I still am a little suspicious of it, uh, much like I am of Evolve's longevity, where I'm just like, after a while, I don't know how much fun that game's going to be. Right? Okay. At a... At a convention, at a you know event where you're playing it once or twice, it's fun. But after that, you know, uh, I uh, gigantic. I mean, gigantic is a game that we've talked about before. It's great. It, Didn't nothing they just make that Windows 10 exclusive? I don't know. I, I have hope no they clue. did. Which is not maybe as dumb as making things Windows 8 exclusive because no one actually wants Windows 8. Windows 10 is going to be a free upgrade for Windows 7 and 8 users. So. I think most gamers, especially with DirectX 12, are going to be considering moving up to that. So I well, guess it's not as suicidal as uh, making things Windows 8 exclusive was. I, I, I mean, I haven't actually used the demo of Windows 10, but I did go to the Newegg area, and all their computers there had Windows 10 on it. Mm -hmm. And I will say it is infinitesimally better. That's not what infinitesimal means. That means it does, tiny, it doesn't matter. so tiny. It is ultratesimal. It That's is not a word. It is untra. It is untratesimally better. I fucking hate you. It is untratesimally better than Windows 8.1. Holy moly! Like I still am a little mad that they give you the option to go full screen with some of the things, but the fact that instead of like swiping to the side with two, you can have four, and you can have multi. It's they basically did like a Mac thing where you now can have multiple desktops running. Like it's like oh thank you, thank you for finally making something I'll use. Uh, <laughs> I'm. They I'm don't very... seem to have loaded it full of useless shit. Although that whole yes. "Hey, you want to talk to uh, Cortana?" No, that's the first thing I'm turning off. I am not going to do that. I will it stick was, with my shortcut really hotkeys. Thank you. I don't remember. I don't remember where Krendo. I think the the guy who was showing us how to use it at the time was like, "Yes, you can talk to Cortana." And mind you, in the search bar, there's a big microphone, mm -hmm. and Krendo's like, "Can you uh, find the hotkey for that?" And everyone just, like, turned and looked at him. And there's a giant microphone right there. And you guys like, you mean this microphone that allows you to talk to Cortana? And there's just, like, a dead silence. It was amazing. Um, yeah, Windows 10 actually looks like I'll probably upgrade to that, which is... I will. We'll see. I'll at least dual boot it for a time. I, mm -hmm. I don't see why you wouldn't. Give it like. a healthy shot. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Windows 8 was like, before it came out, it's like, is this going to benefit my gaming in any way? Look at the benchmarks. They're all worse than 7. No, let's not do that. And now it's like, well, 10 is looking better. DirectX 12 looks like it's going to be a huge leap, hopefully. And that's not the only thing they're doing. I mean, obviously, that's what Microsoft's doing. But there's this new API called Vulkan that they're looking at which is apparently looking quite good. And there's other companies saying, you know what would be good? If we didn't entirely rely on Microsoft for all of our graphics API stuff so that we could actually make stuff without them having to rely on them to not fuck up. So I think it's exciting in the next couple of years for PC gaming what we're going to see. But DirectX 12 is looking good. So hopefully it will give us a big performance boost and make everything even and, more awesome. And even though the guys I don't think were necessarily Microsoft reps, they all, everyone there was like, all we've been told is that they're trying to make the accessibility between Xbox and Windows 10 like a thing. Like you can do Which more. Which they need to fucking stop because nobody yeah. cares. Like and, that, and the that... whole idea of you can stream your Xbox to your PC. Right. Uh, no, no. Was it uh, stream your PC? I can't. No. 
Yeah, it was. It was streaming Xbox to your PC. It's like, mm-hmm. I, but, 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 why would you? That's plugged into right. my television. Why? Why would I want to play Xbox level performance on a smaller screen? What the fuck's the point? Uh, so y- y- gigantic. Uh, yeah, I mean gigantic. gigantic. Is that any good? Gigantic's great. Their I think booth it's a really, was really... beautiful. Yeah, gigantic I know that that is... has nothing to do with the game, but holy shit, their booth was gorgeous. Okay, <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah. I mean, I think we've oh, talked about PS Gigantic before yeah. enough that, I mean, nothing, there was nothing new that I saw, but it's still very, very fun to play. Like, it, it it's, I don't, it has that sort of Team Fortressy MOBA feel. I don't know how to, I still can't describe it. And I talk with the devs, and they're like, we don't even know how to describe it, which it, it's it's just a very fun game. Uh, but we've talked about it before, so that's no reason to go into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Splatoon was yes. a ton of fun. Um it's a Nintendo game that is basically like the most Nintendo game I've seen in a while. Like every once in a while you find a Nintendo game, you're like, oh yeah, no, this is a Nintendo game. Like it feels Nintendo-y. You are a squid person who squirts ink all over a map and like sort of an arena. And um, you have different weapons to do that. There are guns and there's like rocket launchers and little paint things that you can paint with. And uh, like rollers, I guess. And whoever has the most ink on the map wins. You can blow people up with your ink. If you can go into squid form and swim through your ink to like reload and to move around quickly, you can um, hurt people with your ink. Uh, if you go into enemy ink while you're swimming, it slows you down and hurts you. It's it's very 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 fun. But it's also it has that sort of like childish kind of vibe to it. it sure. But with that said, when it shows the scores at the end. If it's very close game, there's a cat that determines who wins, what? and he has a little bow tie. He I, has a bow tie. You need to explain this a little bit more clearly. There's a cat that determines the winner. What? Come on. Yes. I. I mean, <laughs> I can't explain it any further than at the end, after every round, after you're done swimming around like a squid and blowing up a map full of paint colors, um, it sh- shows your score and it goes up to a certain point. And if it's very close, a cat, a big fat cat with like <laughs> two little uh, flags. And a bow tie uh, patch of fur will go cool and like choose a winner. And then, like it what? makes no sense. <laughs> like I said, it's very Nintendo. It's like cool, and that's that's how you win. Okay. I'm like, all right. Well, this was fun. Right um, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, that was it. Was it was it was a very cute game. I think it's something that uh, it'll be interesting to see where they take it because. It's definitely like you game, but you play online with other people. And so I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't really know that that's what I do on my Wii U, but uh, I guess uh, that's... Well, I mean, Smash has a decent multiplayer scene, and uh, so does Mario Kart, so it's not like it's completely and totally dead. It seems yeah, like, you I, know, I, they can push it, see. they can make it work. Uh, man, what... Oh. Puzzle and Dragon Z and Mario Brothers puzzle, a 3DS game oh, where you just shit. are matching puzzles. Yeah. I sat down to this game. I, I played both of them. Um, I thought it was going to be just another match three puzzle game. The special thing about this one is you as, as you move one of your pieces, you can move one at a time. But as you move a piece, a timer goes down. And you, if, as you move it around the board, if you can make other matches happen, you get credit for all of them. So you can move it anywhere you want on the the match three grid and get as many matches as you want. And that sort of uh, makes like super duper combos. And every color relates to a certain character 
on your team in your party. Mm -hmm. So Luigi's green, Mario would be red. Uh, you know, some guys are yellow, some guys are blue, and they do different varieties of damage. And some enemies you want to only use red on. And you know, if there's like a piranha plant, you only want to use red. It's very RPG, right? Um, and that's fire. Uh, it was it was a ton of fun, and it was very. Uh, I mean, it's as simple as you can imagine it to be. Uh, and then the the puzzles and dragons is you get dragon babies and you fight, you upgrade them very much like a I don't know a Pokemon kind of deal, and then you battle dragons. It's real simple. Kind of loved it. Mm. It's my fun. understanding really of puzzles and dragons is that it's ridiculously popular in Asian territories. Like it's one of the most popular mobile so games. So popular to the point where. Um, and I'm wondering if this will become part of the Mario version, but just the normal puzzles and dragons, they they create deals with all of these other IPs that are really popular at the time. And they'll have dragons that are like themed off of different, like oh. really popular anime, Smart. TV shows, like musicians, just everything. Um, so that adds into like replayability because, you know, everybody gets obsessive and they want to have all the dragons, right? So I'm wondering whether or not they're going to apply that to Mario and have there be um, like other Nintendo properties that get probably more with Nintendo. Like yeah, that. I can't imagine yeah. they'd go all the way and say because Nintendo is not hugely willing to work with other IP providers. Like it no, does happen, but they do. But... but they do have lots of of characters that yes. they can yes, bring absolutely. in. So you 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 might get your Bug Princess Dragon or whatever that might actually end up <laughs> happening. Your yeah, I actually have Puzzles and Dragons on my iPad, but I haven't played enough of it. I, I played the first few rounds of it, and I'm like, I don't quite see the appeal yet. Maybe I need to play a bit more. It Are you the sort of person who good. really, like, gets obsessive over match threes, though? No. I am. Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like match threes. I, I like match threes with RPG mechanics. I I'm still chasing that where's Puzzle Quest thing. It's like, oh, Puzzle Quest had a bunch of really interesting features, and then they stripped all of them out and never spoke of it again. Like, that's great. So now all the Match oh. 3 games are dumber than Puzzle Quest was, so I'm looking for a Match 3 game that's as smart as Puzzle Quest was. Like, hey, you can invade castles, and you can own territory, and you can craft spells, and you can train mounts, and you can learn spells from imprisoned bosses, and they all have their different mini-games associated with them. That was great. And then every other Puzzle Quest game didn't do any of those things. I mean, I think... Like, not not to give a huge amount of credit to Honey Pop, although we've all played it a decent amount. We have all but, played it, yes. Yeah, maybe not Eric. I don't know. Eric, Eric have you played Honey Pop? Have you played Honey Pop? No, I have not played Honey Pop. The match three Eroge game that's on Steam. Um, but that that is uh, one of the few games that has come out recently where it's like, when you need to go to battle, as it were, that's when it's match three. And otherwise, it's just like, you know, it's any other game same. within that yeah. genre. Yeah. Uh -huh. So um, I'm hoping that that will kind of open not the floodgates, but maybe allow a weird trickle of of games that are kind of following that format of choosing a genre, keeping it mostly the same as that genre, but having the battle mechanics be more match three puzzly, mm -hmm. you know? Fair enough. Um, yeah, the last big one that I played was Ori and the Blind Forest, but I guess it's also sort of indie, kind of? I don't know. I don't it's one like of those premium indies. It's being promoted yeah. heavily by Microsoft. Uh, I believe, outside of PC, I think Microsoft has the exclusivity on that game for the time being. What is yeah, it? Like, What do. is it about? I don't know anything okay, about so, this game. So it is... 
like I don't want to like go watch a video of the first five minutes and it'll sort of explain the, it's very it's a very sad story like it's a sad uh it's like essentially the game is a dramatic metroidvania style platformer that is very like it gets progressively harder and harder like it does not so hold your video hand. game okay but like but like it isn't like there's a lot of platformers that that are just like you jump and you do this and it's a little like this one's out to hurt you badly and i really really liked the way it, it's be, like it's a fucking beautiful game like i don't even i would like just go watch a trailer like you can't even say i can't even like justify it with words like just go watch a trailer and you'll be it like makes oh, me feel shit. it makes me feel kind of studio ghibli-esque maybe it's just the the main character on all of their promo yeah. but yeah it, it's it, i mean it has that sort of whimsical nature feel yeah it's uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I guess, like, Metroid is about the closest I can compare it to. There are certain skills you have that you need to get past gated areas. You unlock them. You can do, like, glides and different jumps. And, like, it's it's a game that I think is really, really fantastic. And I actually want to play it tomorrow when I actually get on Steam more than the, like, 20 minutes I got to play it uh, at PAX. Because, holy crap, it was a lot of fun. And for a game that was in, like, the little corner of the Microsoft area, the lines to play it were insane. And so I think uh, it really it really stood out. And hopefully there's, you know, at some point you guys will get to see a trailer uh, of it and you'll love it as much as I did. So that's all I'll say. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's a hard game to describe without saying just go look at the trailer. Right. Like, go look at gameplay of it. It's a very beautiful platformer, but it actually is a great game. Like, it plays very, very well. What I noticed I, about the art style that kind of really stood out to me is how dynamic the backgrounds are. There's a lot of stuff happening in the background of a mm -hmm. level at any given time, which is not usual. And I assume it has nothing to do with the gameplay whatsoever, but that's fine because it looks really, really good. Also, that giant owl motherfucker. Terrifying. <laughs> Look at the size of that hey, thing. that guy. It's huge. Hey, that guy. 10 out of 10. Big owl. Yeah. If you don't if you don't remember what this game is, uh E3 last year, this was the game that after it was over, this and Valiant Hearts were the games after they were over, people were like, What my heart? Right? Yeah. 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 They're like, oh, because they were shown at press conferences. Uh, and uh, Ori, I think, was actually shoehorned in between two other more boring games. And like, hang yes. on a minute, go back to this one. That one looked good. Let's see more of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these were the games that people were like, Oh, Wow. And and it has that feeling. It has that feeling of someone put a lot of heart into this game mm -hmm. and you want to to uh, not only play but appreciate it. And it has that like appreciation factor to it. And I I've seen a few reviews that have been a little negative, but most reviews I've seen have been very positive on this game and I feel like it's justified. The negative ones I strongly disagree with with you know, they're like Meh, what are the negative like things this. that people even have oh to say? Oh my god, I would have to go look it up. Uh, I don't remember the to exact Metacritic, words. an adventure into the strange and dark land of Metacritic, where nothing survives. I mean, that, this is a game that has an average of 89, which puts it the highest of pretty much any game this year, actually, I think. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, yeah, a website called Digital Chumps gave it a 7. That was the lowest. 
I have no idea who digital chumps are, so that. Oh, should... mo most of these are talking about how it's it doesn't have any innovation. 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 And I guess it's like he's like it's an adequate model of a revered genre. It's short on innovation. Okay. Well, innovation All isn't right. necessary to make a great game, as apparently everyone else seems to have realized. Uh, but, I mean, it's a valid criticism, but the problem is when you attach the criticism to a score and it's, like, not innovative enough, so we give it a 7. That's, like, a, a right, okay, whatever. Scores suck. Nobody cares. Get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, so those are the big ones that I ended up playing. Duger, what uh, indies did you play? Titan Souls. That game. What was, the, what was that? What is so, Titan Souls? So, oh my god. I like stood around and continued to watch people play it after I played it. So it's um, it's a game where you have one HP <sighs> and one arrow. You have just Fuck like that. A, a building. <laughs> it's oh my god. It's so frustrating in the best way. You have a building with lots of different doors. Oh, Nick Robinson each door... played it on uh, the Devolver channel, so we'll watch him play it. There. Oh really? Yeah, he did. Uh, you see the little little webcam in the corner. How cute. Aw. You go into each room and each room has a different titan in it it's it's very shadow of the colossus -y in that way there aren't okay. many like there aren't little things to attack or mini bosses there are just bosses it's just bosses that's all you do that's yeah. appealing so um you go in and you have basically like a puzzly sort of a boss that you have to beat in again much well, of a shadow he just of the died colossus to a way giant treasure chest so that's a thing <laughs> And it's so fun and so frustrating. I um, There were a couple of different ones that people were fighting. I fought, there was one that was like a cube with an eyeball on one side, and he would just kind of like uh, flop around on his sides. And I was like, all right, I've played a few Zelda games. I need to shoot this motherfucker in the eyeball, right? But he moves so fast and he shoots lasers out of his eyeball sometimes and you only have one arrow. So you're literally like, OK, I need to like line up. And then you're like, oh, fuck, he's gone. Oh, shit. And I already shot my arrow and you have to like run and grab your arrow again and like try to. So frustrating. But when you finally do it, you feel awesome. There was another one where it was like a weird little brain inside of an ice cube and there were uh uh, little switches all over the place that you could stand on that would create fire. And you're like, all right, so I got to like melt the ice, right? But again, he moves around so much and you have to figure out like what is what is necessary in order for me to create the wind conditions for this. And it's a lot of trial and error because if you're hit at all, you die. Because again, you have one HP um, and you only have one arrow. So you're spending a lot of time like fetching this arrow and trying to perfect when to actually hit this thing um it's it's really fun really brutal and really really fun i talked that game up a lot to a lot of people i was like you gotta go play this game and a couple of people were very angry that they took the time to play it because they found it so frustrating but i i felt like it was really fulfilling in a way so the, you had that victory feeling when you finally got it you know it should be a pretty good streaming game. I'm already enjoying watching yeah. Nick suffer, so I think that we could definitely see a lot more of that. Oh, he yeah, died yeah, to yeah. a coin. That's embarrassing. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> Nick, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Um, so, yeah, there's that game that I think is going to wind up doing pretty well. And then um, let, me look. let me look at my little list. There was a game called Knocked at the Devolver booth. Okay. okay, so the Devolver booth had like a bunch of like weird ass games, obviously. Yes, that's Devolver for you in a nutshell. Yeah, there was one game that was like, 
I don't remember what it was called, but it was this terrifying clown. You play like a huge clown and you walk around, I think, trying to hug kids. I don't know. I was like, I'm not into that. I'm not touching that game. But the game that I did play was called Noct, N-O-C-T. And you're watching it top down as though you're looking through a night vision camera. So the whites are bright whites. The darks are like pretty dark. Nothing is, is super specific. But you are plopped down in kind of this snowy area and there's a gun and there's ammo next to you. So you start off like being able to pick up a gun, pick up ammo. And in the top left, you have an objective and you don't necessarily know what the objective means, but you do know that um, there are little kind of diamond shapes. And if you follow that diamond shape, that's your objective. So you're trying to walk to your objective and then get the next one. I think the furthest I got was four objectives in, but already you feel like kind of isolated and weird, right? And you're walking around in this weird snowy area that looks kind of, I don't know, they're like broken down cars everywhere and everything. And you don't have any context of story, but as you're walking every now and then it'll get really dark. Like the dark will creep in on you and your little person will say, oh no, like it'll just say, oh no, above your head. And you can choose to keep walking or not, but you can't see around you so it's it's a little bit uh it could be good or bad to keep walking because that happens when you're nearby a monster and these monsters are just like free living in this world and they walk around and when you're in a certain area near them it starts to get darker and darker and darker almost like like fear is closing on on you if you will so in that way, if you choose to keep walking and it turns out that you're walking in the direction away from them, then you're good. That was a good choice. But if you keep walking and you're walking toward them, then that sucks. Or if you just stay still and it turns out that they're coming for you, you're fucked. And again, you have a gun, but some of the monsters are, you know, like only only two times bigger than you and you can shoot them a few times and they're dead. Some of the monsters are huge and there's no way you can beat them unless okay. you have like a specific type of gun, right? Yep, so, I just saw Rockley Smile get completely owned by this giant motherfucker. It just came out of nowhere. You had like yeah, no chance. Right? So it's interesting in that way. And the thing, uh, yeah, it's showing up right now. Yeah. The other thing is that I started to think, well, there are buildings around. So maybe whenever I start to feel that creep, if there are buildings nearby, I can hide in the building. But as it showed on the footage... When you go into a building, you can't see anything outside of the building. Uh-huh. So what happened to me was there was a monster chasing me and I just like ran into a building and I was like, OK, maybe I can just stay here and wait until he leaves. But you don't know when he's gone. So I like opened the door again and he was literally right there waiting for me and I just died. Um, so it's it's pretty it's pretty harsh. And also there was a little key. There was like a little post-it note key next to me that said, um, this is your objective and this is the other player. But I don't think in this situation there were other players necessarily. But I'm wondering if they're intending for it to be like a multiplayer experience where you're both trying to complete objectives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting game. I played that a few times in a row because nobody else was really interested in playing it. And I was like, you guys are fools. You guys are fools playing that clown game. This game is interesting. So cool. I uh, played that. Um, we time the for adult- about one more indie game. Then we'll go for a break and then we'll do the news. 
Okay, this will be a short one. At the Adult Swim booth, they had a game called Death's Gambit. I went up there and uh, I Let could me only guess. Be there f- it's a complete dick, right? It is. It's Why a, do you anything like that's published by goddamn Adult Swim is guaranteed to be a fucking nightmare. Oh, I love Adult Swim games. I know, but they're all very hard and want to kill you. (laughs) That's not true. Adventure Express is not that hard. Everything else, like Robot Unicorn Attack, fucking Super House of Dead Ninjas wants to kill you, Super Combo Man wants to kill you, Super Puzzle Fighter wants to kill you. They all want to kill you. So... I went there and uh, and met all of the dudes who were at the booth and they were really nice. And I only had a couple of minutes to be there. So they were like, all right, here's a pitch for all of the games. Which one do you want to play? And the way that they pitched Death Gam- Death's Gambit was um, that it was kind of side-scrolling Dark Soulsy, And I was like, yeah. I'm in. Let's play it. So I played it. The thing that I appreciate about this game, aside from the art style, I think the art, art style is pretty fun, uh, is also that they start you off with a sword and a shield. And in Dark Souls, I would have a shield, but I would never use it. Like, I would forget to use it, and I still was able to get through the game, you know? In this game, it's literally, you have to use your shield and your sword, and you have to know exactly how to use them, or you're super dead, (laughs) you know? So I played through um, two different bosses. I didn't beat the final boss that they let me play, but... It, it was a situation where they would just sit back. They would just sit back and be like, okay, yep, you're going to need to uh, probably use your shield next time. They wouldn't tell me what to do, but they'd, you know, they'd just be like, you're not using your shield. Okay, he's far away from you, so what else do you have? And I'd be like, fuck, I have arrows. You know, like I would, I would remember that there were all of these things that were super necessary in order for me to win. Um, and they, they said that they want all of their major bosses to also have sort of an extra variable that maybe you won't realize until you've tried to play the boss a couple of times. Like the final boss that I played against, there was a weird balancing act that was going on where like the screen would tilt. And I was like, what the fuck? So it was just, it was an extra thing, you know, to frustrate the shit out of you. But yeah, that game was, was also pretty fun. (gasps) I just remembered another game I played. I'm going to write it down though. I'm done. I'm done with that one. Cool. Well, it's about time we take a break anyway, and then we'll come back. We're actually going to cover some... We'll cover a little bit more packs, and then we're going to cover gaming news. That seems like a good idea. So, uh, Eric Kane has been silent now for approximately an hour. He's probably writing an article on how bad this sorry, Eric. is. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric. No, it's good. It's, it's interesting. A, it's always the way when one of us doesn't show up to the con, and we're like, yeah, we're just going to take a break for an hour and just let you guys talk. But we'll come <laughs> back, and we'll uh, talk a little bit about uh, some more gaming news and maybe a little bit more packs and then we'll round up the releases, of which there are some. Not that <laughs> many. Mm-hmm. Not that many. Some, though. Including some. Mushroom Enough. Men Truffle Trouble. That's the most important thing I can think of. You're watching the Crossfield Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the optional podcast for the final 50 or so minutes of the show. Uh, we'll quickly wrap up our PAX discussion of games that we've been playing, and then we'll uh, get on to some news, so Eric's actually allowed to speak for a change. We keep him in a box during the second hour of the show, as you can see. It is hard to talk about a show you didn't attend. Like, I, I very much wish I was at PAX this year, but didn't end up happening. Ho- I'm hoping to go to Prime, but not sure. So far, we've got E3 and Dragon Con on our schedule, so hopefully that'll work out pretty well. Ooh. 
Not that I like E3. I don't I don't know of a single person in gaming that actually likes E3. They're just like Me it's ne- neither. It's necessary <laughs> to be at E3. You've just got to be there. It's it's not that we want to be there. We have to be. It's like boycott please. E3. Hashtag boycott E3. Ah, uh, well, you know, E3 shut down for a couple of years. Hashtag then... not my con. Yeah, oh, it's not a con. I mean, you know, it's it's a trade show in in the most you know in the most monolithic of ways. And whereas PAX, PAX is kind of half trade show, half community event. You know, the panels are really interesting. If you want to go to PAX and literally just play board games or play Smash Brothers for three days with people, you can do that. That's why mm-hmm. PAX is great because it's got all of that. Whereas E3 is, we are going to sell you this game now, immediately, <laughs> right now. Well, you can pre-order it. It's not out yet. But we're going to sell it to you. So be ready. Be ready to be sold to for four fucking days in the middle of LA. <laughs> Welcome to E3. Uh, so uh, I, I'm going to ask both of you this question. What was your standout game of PAX? What was the thing which oh left you with the God. biggest impression? Uh, can I? Oh, shit. I, there were so many. I went through all the indie games I had and I wrote down what I thought were the standouts. And I ended up with eight. <laughs> Eight. Well, I mean, that's pretty good, you know. You had eight I, I think standout I, games. I was so surprised about the number of different. Like there was uh, Jotun, which was the game where you're a, a, a Norse Viking chick trying to fight your way into Valhalla and prove yourself to the gods. Okay. It's I all animated. That. Yeah. It. It. You basically fight this giant, and you have to use all this sort of different boss battle mechanics you know and love that you've played over the years. But it's animated. Like it looks gorgeous it looks like one of those old 70s animation movies it, it I, I like uh max whatever that guy's name was shit whatever his name was i can't remember but you know like the dude did felix and, and wizards and all that stuff it has that sort of vibe to it um like we happy started oh sorry I'm, I'm just looking at this they actually we did the trailer in four by three so cool yeah it's it, we happy few is a game by the people who did contrast uh mm-hmm. it is essentially set in like a post World War II dystopian alternate universe London. Or not London, but any some little tiny town in uh, Britain somewhere. And everyone is on a drug that makes them very, very happy exteriorly. Okay. Is that a sign of war? It doesn't matter. No. But like on the outside, it makes them very, very happy. But on the inside, you can see they're all batshit crazy and torn up by having to purposely be happy all the time. And so... This is if, an interesting trailer that I'm watching yeah, right here. Yeah, they don't... Yep. They don't particularly like that you're not happy. So it's sort of like a roguelike-y, uh, don't starve kind of game where it's not supposed to take long to beat, but it's very difficult. And every t- every, there are scenarios throughout the entire thing that change every time you play. So there's a million different little things to do, but it's different every time you play. So it's very Binding of Isaac-y in that uh, the weapons you find and the things you can craft and everything you can do changes every gameplay. This looks fantastic. Yeah, it's in this weird trippy 60s where everyone's very happy, but they're also psychotic. And your job is to literally just escape. And it's difficult to do because anything can trigger these people. If you look at them for long enough, like you're supposed to blend in like in the zombie movies where someone blends in with the zombies by pretending to be a zombie. You have to pretend to be happy. And if you stare That's at them for great. too long, they get freaked out. If you break into someone's house, of course, they come after you. If you do, don't do normal, crazy people, happy things, um, they'll come after you. And what I think is great is you can run and hide in uh, the red telephone boxes. 
but instead of a telephone in there, there's drugs. And so you take your pills, and all of a sudden the world gets blurry and like butterflies fly around. And you're like, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's great. This, it was really that fun. Looks, that looks phenomenal. I mean, what a great idea. And it looks like yeah. the implementation, if it's anything like that, like the the really scrappy first person combat with improvised weapons like a cricket bat and mm -hmm. a saucepan and things like that. I dig that. I mean, Contrast's aesthetic was one of its strengths. It's a shame that game didn't do so well. Like, when I first played Contrast at PAX, it was like my game of the show. The problem mm -hmm. is when you play the full game, it doesn't quite work as well as the demo did. Like, it, it was quite buggy. The puzzles were not as clever. Because initially, when, when you play the demo, the stuff they show you is like, this is so lovely. It's so great. Yeah. And then you play the full game, it's like, oh, the whole game wasn't like that. Oh, that sucks. But it was a really like it was an interesting start for them. So if they take the lessons they learned there and make it into this, mm -hmm. I'm I'm hyped, man. This looks awesome. Like that's yeah. one of the first trailers I've seen from Pax that's really blown me away. It was. I think that was a really fun game. Uh, keep talking and nobody explodes. Amazing concept. I don't know how it will work as like a real video game, but for like a convention game, well, yes, hilarious and amazing. Like it is. I feel yeah, that's like, a fun yeah. one. It's it's yeah. been around for a while now. They just keep bringing it, and it's it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's it's sort of a proof of concept. It's an idea that um, utilizes the Oculus Rift and allows for literally no cap of players, right? There there's so many different things where I think people are worried that everybody's going to have to get you know an Oculus Rift in order to play something. And in this scenario, it's literally just if you have one friend who has it. And then every other friend who's in the room, regardless of how many that is, can participate in trying to help you defuse a bomb. Like I like I like that idea, and I don't know whether or not that game specifically will be, you know, very successful. But no, I think I don't that think it's a so. good. I've... I think that it's a good start to that sort of an idea, like thinking in those sort of ways. I think it's yeah. it's almost like taking one of the mini games from Nintendo Land and saying, "Hey, this is how we prove that the gamepad works." Yeah, it's not a game mm -hmm. that un I think you put a game like that in a pack with several others and call it like the Oculus Rift like VR pack, and you have like the bomb defusal game. You have I, what I want is to to make it literally a nightmare game. You know, I was talking about that kids game show Nightmare, where the one kid wears the helmet and he can't see anything, and everyone else is directing him. I want that. You know, yeah. that kind of idea. There's all sorts of things you can do with Oculus Rift that would be interesting, but on their own, I don't think would probably make good full games. But they, yeah. as a pack, like kind of like sports friends, I think yeah. they would. Like no one's going to buy Johann Sebastian Joust on their own, but that you know they will buy Sports Friends, which has a collection of games that kind of take those kind of ideas. So is uh, that about it for packs? Or is there anything else particularly you really wanted to mention? I mean, um, there were. A, there, I think this year there, there were a ton. There were a ton of really fun, I think they're all in the same vein, but really fun multiplayer games, like mm -hmm. uh, multiplayer like party style games. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I could remember them all. There was uh, Toto Temple Deluxe, which is a party game where you have to keep a goat on, on your head as everyone tries to get it off, as the world what? tries to kill you. Okay. It's, it's very fun. You're little totem men, and you keep a goat on your head, and the world's trying to kill you, plus other, ones, other people are trying to get the goat. Uh, there's Move or Die, which is you play as little tiny mm -hmm. avatar people, ones that like piece of toast, and you are going through mini games like paint the world, uh, get the crown, you know, all the usual things you would expect in a party game. It was very, very fun. Um, I mean, there, there was like there was a ton of those style games. Like I think this year it was like a lot of 
group-oriented party multiplayer, like, local co-op games, local, local multiplayer games, and rogue-likey don't-starve games were, like, the yeah. big thing this year. Too many uh, fucking was, survival games. <laughs> there was a game, uh, it was really cool, I got to talk to kind of the, the art director for it, it's a game called Together, and it's a, it's a co-op game, it's, it's you play... Um, you know, there's two of you and you have to solve puzzles together and there's a storyline and all this. Is but this the one where you're the, uh, the mother, son, mother, daughter or no? Mother and son, I think. Yeah. 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 And I, it was interesting talking to them because the game, I was, I was saying that I was really excited to see a game that had some different representation because, um, the mother and son are Middle Eastern and, they said that originally everything in the game, every person in the game was white. And then they had kind of this, this sit down where they were like, let's try to be part of the change and put some more representation in games. And so they redesigned the entire thing and it's really beautiful. It's like a really, really cool looking game. And the puzzles were, they, they get progressively um, more and more interesting and harder and timing puzzles. Yeah. We have to like move the characters at certain times to make the world move. Totally. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I played it with a woman that I didn't know because I was just walking around by myself. And then there was another woman who was kind of like lurking next to the booth. I was like, do you want to play this game with me? And she was like, OK. <laughs> so we like we played it together. And we had we didn't know each other at all. And, and we had a lot of fun with it. We walked away being like that game was really cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, man. Epsilon Circuit. That's a that's a very interesting, unique game that uh, is by the Legend of Dungeon team. Um, Robot Loves Kitty. Uh, basically, it, it, I don't even know how to describe this game. I think I, think I wrote it down. It, it's essentially only eight people in the world can play it at one time. And what? it is... Yeah, what? it is a game... It is a game designed to be entertainment for people watching. Uh, it's a game where only eight people in the world can play at one time. Once one of them dies, someone watching will automatically be flagged like, boom, now you can join the game and be part of it. Okay. And... Uh, while they're playing, while people are playing the game, everyone watching can, uh, like, collect coins and things to send in monsters, to send in, like, Hunger Games-style items to help save them and all that stuff. Plus, it's all hosted by basically a Max Hedrum version of Ronald Reagan. It is <laughs> freaking bonkers, like, next-level bonkers. And the whole premise is it's supposed to be, like, um, mm. online video, like, 1980s-style entertainment of the future. And it's cr it's crazy. It's a crazy concept. I was like, this is really interesting. I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but I was like, well, hello. This could be fun to watch because, again, only eight people in the world can play it at once. And once they lose, they aren't they aren't welcome to play again. <laughs> like, we, that is a really intriguing. Like, that's a streaming that game. That is interesting. In a nutshell, right? For like, sure. yeah, yeah, they're like, we don't want people to come. Like, we're gonna try to block IPs. We're gonna do, like, if you die, we do not want you coming back. Like, that's your character. Forever. Wow. He's gone. How do you how do you purchase this sort of thing? Yeah, what what's the I can't revenue model? Imagine the, 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 they the, would I don't think the, the actual it. game chart you like I don't think the actual game costs anything, but the interaction with it, uh I mean I have no evidence this, but I would assume the interaction with it like sending monsters and, and special items like you would buy those for the players and so you would do something like you that's like, like they have coins. -esque. Yeah, that's yeah. very Hunger Games esque. Yeah. And and like that's I said, the host the host, which is my favorite part of every PAX, they have the giant screen of this Ronald Reagan, Max Hedrum character, and they have a dude behind a curtain, and he just harasses people as they walk by. And <laughs> I was like, if that's what it's like in the game, this dude just giving these eight players shit while they're just 
being bombarded with all sorts of monsters and stuff, that would be an incredible watch. Like, I was like, this is a great idea. Like, it's totally different. Who knows if it'll take off, if anyone will care, but because it's know. so different, I'm like, man, I want to see this It is reliant on Twitch, I think. If it, yeah. if it gets, if a couple of big Twitch streamers pick up on it, it will become a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I Again, as K Eric Kane accurately pointed out, the revenue model sounds fucking ridiculous, and I don't know how they're going to make any money from it, right. but it's a really cool idea, and I'm big into this whole notion of a game that is more about the spectating aspect than actually about the playing. I will say, having done many interviews with the Robot Love Kitties Robot Loves Kitties team, I'm almost sure they don't care about money because they make their <laughs> games in a treehouse in the middle of the woods. What? Like th they they literally just go out on sabbaticals into a treehouse and make their games. Like I don't oh think gosh. they give any shits. So, They're like, okay. we want to make something, so let's make it. I don't know that they care, which is a weird cool. sort of concept, yeah. but great. Yeah. yeah. That, it's actually a fair point that uh, one of the Twitch admins brought up in the Twitch chat. How the hell are you supposed to stream it? Like, if there's only eight people playing, you'd have to get super lucky to be able to even be able to play it. So I guess you oh, would yeah. stream the spectator aspect of it, but I don't know what you could really do from there. It's a weird yeah. idea. I don't know if that's going to work at all, but I'm interested to see them try it. Like, I'd rather watch them fail spectacularly with this thing than not have it made at all. You know, yeah. at PAX, at PAX Prime, they didn't do it this time, I, or maybe I missed it, but it, at Prime they had an earlier version of this game, and when people played, if they lost, they would hand stamp them and be like, "Please don't come back to the booth." <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I was like, "That is awesome. That's, that's so core." Yeah, so I I love that. I thought that's great. Yep. So that's it. I'll shut up now. There are too many indie games. All of them are really really good. There, there was a, a lot. lot this year. Yeah, but yeah. we can move on to other stuff. Since cool. Yes. We have like half an hour left of this show. Indeed, hey. let's do that. Let's move on to some <laughs> news, shall we? Uh, can we go to the console mockery part of the show? Oh, uh -huh. Go on. So Visceral Games tweeted out uh, when asked as to what resolution Battlefield Hardline would be on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. So apparently if you own a PS4, you'll be running at 900p. If you own an Xbox One, you will be playing at a glorious cinematic 720p yeah. for Battlefield Hardline. Uh so when is it that the next generation console generation is actually going to start? Because I've been waiting for a while, and it seems that it's not going to happen. Like, what is it with these consoles? Like, you usually, at least by this point in a console's lifespan, bearing in mind these things have been out for about a year, you'd yeah. start to say, all right, well, people are getting a hang of the hardware. They're starting to really understand how it works so they can get a real result out of it. Uh-huh. It seems that like we're going backwards. Like, we started with games that were 1080p in the first wave, and now they're 900p, and now they're 720p, and this is only a year in. What the fuck's going to happen in five years when these machines are... I mean, they're all, are they already out of date? Is that <laughs> the impression you're getting with these things? So, yeah. I feel like the last, <laughs> the last few games where people have sent me a trailer or an article and said, hey, here's a really cool PlayStation game. And I've looked into it and been like, this looks interesting. I'll probably play this. Scroll all the way down. It's always for PlayStation 3. It's yeah. never a game that's coming out for PlayStation 4. It's always like, here's a game that will run beautifully, looks amazing, is totally got its shit together, won't be on PlayStation 4. Yeah. And I'm like, what is the fucking point? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. It's got to the point where my PlayStation 4 is a Helldivers machine, 
and occasionally <laughs> it will involve downloading an interesting indie game of some sort. Uh, it's just what the hell is going on with these consoles? You've been out for a year, and there's barely anything. There is barely anything worth having these things for. And yeah. these re- time and time again, we hear these amazing, you know, oh, there's going to be a great release. We're going to get Bloodborne. It's going to run at 30 frames per second. Like, yeah, this is 2015. What, what the hell happened? I don't know. Well, they wanted to sell a bunch of them, so they, they made them cheaper. And then they sold, what, 20 million PS4s already? Apparently, yeah. So there's very few games worth playing on there, but they're still selling pretty well. Uh, but yeah, they they were out of date the moment they they launched. Yeah, they, they were really... underpowered, and everyone knew it. Yeah, and I think if you look at the previous generation, like when the PlayStation Two launched, it's like, well, this is not only a reasonably powerful machine; it's not the most powerful of the generation, but it's got a DVD player in it. And then the PlayStation Three launched; well, it's got a Blu-ray player in it. And the Xbox had, you know, its own own little advantages here and there as well. And then these consoles come out, and it's like, well, it's got a nothing. Uh, I mean, why is the PlayStation 4 outselling the Xbox One? Well, probably for the longest time, because it was $100 cheaper, and yet it was more powerful. So, unless you really wanted the Kinect, which has been used for precisely dick up to this point, you know? The whole idea was, we're going to ship everything with Connect, so everything can have Connect functionality, and all this wonderful new stuff is going to happen. All these w- great mechanics are going to be integrated into these games, because everyone has a Connect. And then it's like, now you don't have to have a Connect, But it's okay, because we never did anything with Connect to begin with. Well, you got just Dance 4, or Dance Central, or whatever it was, and that was about it. Like, does anyone even use the word Connect anymore? At all. No. Uh- in, no, in no one even remembers the Xbox to turn on. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I, I still I, think the Wii, the Wii U is of the three new consoles. The Wii U is is mm-hmm. the best value, and and it's not because it's particularly powerful, but it has quite a few pretty good games mm-hmm. that yeah. you can't play anywhere else. I mean, the games I play most on PS4. I mean, I play. Uh, you know, Shadow of Mordor and whatnot, and I can play that on PC. Yeah, you can. Better. You know, it's just, I mean, there's there's not a lot. I, I am looking forward to Bloodborne. I know it's going to be... Me too. Its own kind of bugginess, you know, From Software is, you know, sort of known for its... It's, it's not the, the, the most technically advanced game developer out there, uh, and I'm not surprised it's only 30 frames per second, but I think it's still going to be really good. Probably the first PS4 game I'm really excited about. I'll try and soldier through it. I mean, I soldiered through Dark Souls before they brought it to PC, and then you could mod it to go to 60, but right. it's like, right. I don't like this, but I'm going to push through it because maybe the game's worth it. And you've got to be a really special game to be worth pushing through that. When you're used to high-end PC gaming, uh, taking that much of a step down, is a, it's yeah. a shock. Like, well, it's not- but also, you know, Dark Souls, you could you could wait, and it it's... Obviously, it came out on PC. Dark Souls Two Eventually, was yeah. going to come out on PC, you know, from the beginning. Bloodborne will never, no, it ever won't. come out on PC. Yeah. I'm gonna have to so, pull a Demon Souls and just, I'm just gonna yeah. have to stomach it, you know. It's like Demon Souls was bad. Demon Souls was really, really good. So it's fantastic. It's just, yeah. an, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just bothered that people have to push through that stuff. It's like, yeah. why, why should you have oh, yeah. to make sacrifices to play the game that you want to play? Why do you have to compromise? Well, the answer mm-hmm. is that 
the console generation we currently have is possibly the least inspired console generation we've ever had. You know, no real new ideas, underpowered hardware, and a over reliance on third party games which are out on every machine anyway, including PC. Not enough good exclusives yet. And usually after about a year, you start to get some really good exclusives. And they're nowhere to be seen. You know, Bloodborne's one of the first big ones. Obviously, we saw 1886 tanked, which a lot of people expected it would. Yep. I mean, the Xbox had Sunset Overdrive, which was obviously pretty good. But what else is the Xbox? I got kind of bored with it, honestly. How long did you play it it for? Oh, probably about 12 hours. Okay. And I just started to feel like it's another open world, run around. You just move differently. And it's funny, but the humor starts to grate after a while. Yes, that was my I'm, I'm really impatient with games like open, with open world games like that these days. If there's not something to really hook me in, I just I lose interest. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, but there's not much else to say about that, really. I think I think we're all sitting here waiting for Persona 5, actually. Yeah. At this point. Ah, uh, Persona 5 is going to be so good. I'll play that. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, the meantime, I suppose we still have Helldivers and Fibbage. <laughs> and Persona 4 on PS Vita. And... PS Vita, yeah. Well, I mean, if you like <laughs> Japanese games, then the PlayStation Vita is fantastic, because that's literally yeah, all that's coming true. out on it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. <coughs> all right, let's... Uh, so NVIDIA had a conference, and they announced a bunch of things that people really apparently didn't care about. Uh, did you guys get a chance to watch it? They announced... I, I did watch it, and I think you and I both like were watching it on our own channels. We just were. like, I can't even begin to tell you the, the joke I had at the beginning when the guy was like, today we're going to announce three things. A new TV. A new like computer and i was just like tweeting out like guys i bet it's all gonna be the same thing and it was was was. the same thing it was all the same thing like i saw through that press conference to begin with um like here's the thing for most of it i was like all right whatever but the price point's really low so i feel like i don't know but like, it's I don't higher know than every think. other set-top box on the market, though. Like, it's twice the price of an Amazon Fire TV. It's twice the price of an Apple TV. But I think the thing that they're hoping that they'll offer is the streaming. Like, the, the PC to TV thing, I don't know that I would ever use, ever. But I think... I will. But I think I'm going to use it with the Steam Link rather than this. I don't know. We'll see which performs better. The Steam yeah. Link's promising 1080p 60. If it manages that over Wi-Fi, then cool we're good to go yeah i don't i think i think they're the servers that they are setting up the whole like streaming a game Uh, yeah i think that's probably the more interesting part of it all but again that's like you have to wait until you see the service and have to like see it in real life i mean it could just be another like what is cloud Cloud gaming gaming. another on live situation and no one Uh wants that PC gamers don't want cloud gaming because a lot of the cool things about PC gaming like modding and being able to fix problems yourselves, you can't do that with cloud gaming. Not to mention the fact that you're reliant so much on your internet connection to not suck. Plus your Wi-Fi to not suck. You know, you've got both of those things to consider and then it's like, oh, is my game playable? I I don't know. I used on live when it first came out and it was like, well, this is interesting technology, but ultimately it's worthless. I could play Unreal Tournament slower. And worse, but like yeah. no, 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 we're not gonna do that. That sounds yeah. like a I don't know idea. if necessarily the presentation sold me on anything in it because there was a lot it of didn't. like really janky. Like, can you 
believe how amazingly powerful Borderlands is. Well, they put like, Crisis 3 but, but, on the thing. You gotta but, give but, them credit for that. But that was that was the different service. That wasn't the... No, the, uh, no, it was running natively. That wasn't on cloud. They were actually running Crisis 3 on that thing. God knows at what resolution and what speed, but they were running it. Yeah, I was about it. to say, I don't... Yeah, because every other demo they showed, it was either, like, had to sync a little or choppy. I was like, mm. It is the most powerful Android device that exists. But yes. simultaneously, like, NVIDIA is really on this bandwagon of saying, and we want to push Android as a legitimate gaming platform. And they're getting stuff ported to it. The problem is Android has rampant piracy issues and nobody buys games on Android. Which is yep. why people stopped releasing games. Like, if you go to the Google Play Store and compare it to the iTunes Store, like the App Store, it's it's a graveyard. You, you're waiting often months for ports to Android devices, because unless it's a free-to-play game, in which case people are okay with launching it. That, and that's the real problem, I feel. Like, what happens when you get Crisis or, and then people just steal it? Like, because Android piracy is that fucking big of a deal. Mm. You, you've heard several mobile developers complain about it. Monument Valley guys were saying that the it was like something like ninety percent of the copies of Monument Valley running on Android devices were not paid for, and that wasn't even counting the giveaways. They were actually counting pirated copies. That's a huge. That's a huge amount. And Monument Valley was a three dollar game, not a fifteen to twenty dollar game like Crisis would be. I don't know. I'm a bit worried. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they have a way of DRMing it some way through the Tegra Zone store. But I'm I'm a bit concerned, to say the least, about the, the piracy rate on Android being a huge barrier to anyone developing worthwhile games for it. So there's that. I just I just want to, to know a bit more. Actually get hands on because I uh, would, would like to. It seems like but. a very capable set-top box if you don't have one. Like, if you don't have a smart TV or you don't have, like, an Apple TV or a, a Fire TV already, or a, even a Chromecast can do most of that and is 30 bucks. But, right? I mean, again, that's why, like, I I feel like it was, a, it was, it was like, a pro, you know, like most presentations, it was a promise factory. Like, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and until you actually get one and try it, you don't know exactly what it's capable of. Yeah. So, I mean, I we'll just, see. I wonder if they're going for a cons like a, a, this even cheaper console market. It's weird because it's like, it's a, it's a do it all kind of system, isn't it? Because you've got the streaming, you've got the grid, and then you have native Android gaming in a $200 box. So are you saying at this point, we are a cheaper alternative to the console market? Because you're also I mean, doing all those other things. I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just want like... to. They're just trying to appeal to multiple markets with it, maybe. Which I don't think is a terrible thing. I mean, if you can make your machine do all of that, then why not? But if you, you know, if you can, again, it's that whole jack of all trades thing. Like they tried to do a bunch of stuff, and Doesn't it might not be good at well. any of it. Like we don't know. Hard yeah. to say. Yeah, hard to say. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I'll get my hands on one at some point, and then we'll see what it does. Maybe it has enough functionality to become my new setup box. I mean, I use mostly my Amazon TV because it's faster than my smart TV's functionality. So I'll watch right. all, all the Amazon stuff on that. But I wonder, if it's got enough power under the hood and it has enough functionality, then yeah, sure, I'll replace my Fire TV with that. We'll see. Yep. Hmm. And yes, they should have announced the fucking Titan 
at the same god. What the hell was that all about? We're going to announce the most powerful graphics card on the planet a day after our big conference that had 35,000 concurrent people watching on Twitch. What are you doing? Yeah. Nobody, watch, nobody watching on Twitch cares about an Android set-top box. They want to see the fucking graphics card that's they can't why, afford. That's why I tuned in. I'm not even going to lie. I it's was like, like I want this. Fucking this ridiculous, like, $1,400 graphics card that I'm probably going to get two of because fuck it, you know? Those things are crazy. <laughs> I want it. I won't buy a card that expensive out of principle. It's just... Really? I mean... I, I, can't, I can't justify it. I'll find a way to justify it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. I'll figure one out. Justify it. <laughs> Look, justification, justification it's a business is... expense. We'll get some. Yeah. 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 I can say I'm buying this instead of buying a $10,000 iWatch or Apple Watch. Oh, oh yes, we could talk about that. <laughs> Eric Kane, your opinions on smartwatches go. Um, <laughs> I mean, most smartwatches are fairly cheap, and if people like them and want to wear them, go for it. $10,000 for a smartwatch that will be essentially out of date in a couple of years is crazy. Agreed. I mean, it is possibly the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It is really stupid. I mean, I, I think it's crazy to buy a $10,000 watch ever. But if you've got money, you might as well buy a nice Swiss-made watch. It lasts you, know, you for a, life. One that lasts you for life. One that's got some actual human, you know, artistry. Uh, and and. An Apple Watch is just insane. It is, it is. I mean, if people want to spend their money that way, then hey, I I think they're they're lunatics. But <laughs> spend your money, throw it away. It's Apple. People love to throw their money away at Apple. The comments True. I saw, there was like a whole string of comments that just proved how disturbing a lot of people are. They were like, uh. Basically, if you're walking around with a $10,000, because, you know, everyone will notice because you're the gold iWatch or Apple Watch person. Basically, you're just a mark for people who are looking for rich people to rob. Like, that was a lot of the comments. I was like, all right, then, Internet. <laughs> that's where we're going, huh? Well, they'll probably release another watch that's just that just looks gold but isn't real gold. In a You know, and, and then True. It, it, it'll be... A, Basically the same thing. I mean, as a status symbol, it's just a very peculiar decision. Yes, like agreed. anyone spending that. I mean, if you're if you've got that kind of money, you're you're those kind of spending decisions are are very much about status and showing off, and and that just seems like a really bad way to do it. I feel like it, like it's that Great Gatsby thing of like old money versus new money. You're not going to see any old money people walking around with an Apple Watch. They'd be like, right. why would you buy that? Like, what kind of idiot would ever spend their money on this? I yeah, I feel like it's that kind of thing. The old stodgy yeah. people in Europe are like, there's no reason to ever have it. And then there's some, you know, tech guy who's like, check it, bing. People are like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Hmm. I, I've, I, I, do, I don't see the appeal of a watch that has an 18-hour battery life. It's, yeah, that's so yeah. stupid. I, I, I will admit to a backing the new Pebble. I back the Pebble Steel. It's like, yeah, this lasts for about 10 days. I'm like, cool. I take my watch off like once every 10 days. I can charge it then. That's cool. 18 hours? That's fucking yeah, yeah. a pain in the ass. You have to charge your watch every fucking day. You know, I, I imagine there's going to be people that go to sleep with that thing on and actually plug their wrist into the wall <laughs> overnight. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus, God. Yeah, when there's, their mattress catches a... on fire, we can put an end to it. Indeed. <laughs> their wrists just burned by the morning. 
What a joke. I mean, it's it, ultimately oh. like smartwatches these days when it used to not take your phone out of your pocket. I, I can see some uses for it. Like, I use my Google Calendar a lot, so the Pebble can just, like, pop up notifications and stuff. Like, that could be useful. Yeah, notifications on my wrist to remind me what I'm supposed to be doing. Cool. I'm an idiot, so this will be great. Uh, but outside of that, I'd like... I don't know why I don't want to Fitness... Fitness, fitness. Stuff, yeah, see, people you know, love. That. Well, that's relevant to me. And... But you can you can well, get pedometers you can... for like a buck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> very, she has very a true. point. Well, I mean, but these are the kind of toys that are not necessarily function first. For a lot of people, I think it's it's having the fun toy. It's being right. able to have the you know it's it's part jewelry. It's part. I don't know. I don't personally. I don't really see the the appeal, but you know. I, I think it's. I think it's largely people like their 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 gadgets and their gizmos, and the the new the new thing is smartwatches. So, yep, I'm just not. I'm still not 100 percent convinced. When I own one, I'll see if I'm convinced. Then I'm just. I'm not sure. A couple of hundred to see if they're any good. Maybe ten thousand dollars. I think they Look, should make Apple smart and- smart necklaces that you wear on like a big gold chain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the irony of smartwatches is the people who buy them probably aren't, but. I don't know. I'm going to be part of that community soon enough, and we'll see whether or not my purchase was worthwhile. Possibly Dissing yourself not. ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm just like, hey, I know I'm taking a risk on the pebble. I'm like, do I even? am I even going to wear this? I don't know. I guess we're about to find out. Look, I'm I, w- just I would say lose it. it. I if probably Apple will. wants us to test their watches and send us one, they're never going to I... do that. I will take it. Apple does not need the Corruptual Podcast's publicity. You're fucking out of your mind. Did I mention that I have an iPad and iPhone? Apple? That means you're even more likely to buy it then. So that's God, they're definitely no. not sending it to you now. They don't even need to convince you. I Man, I will never look at my wrist. Just look in my pocket. That's what I'll do. I, should need, I need convincing is what I need. Mm. Even the default watch for is Wink. going to be pretty expensive, right? Because we talk about the gold thing as if it's like the only one, like, isn't it? It's three forty nine, four forty nine, something so like that. So yeah. it's more expensive than every other smartwatch on the market, there's, right? Yeah. Okay. There's a three hundred and fifty dollar version, a five hundred and fifty dollar version, and then the ten thousand dollar. Well, actually, yeah. It, it, yeah, no, no. There's the first one that's like the sport one, which is it's the cheapo one, la la la, which is like three hundred something, four hundred something, and then the next one, the stainless steel ones, like. The, the the numbers was like from five hundred to a thousand dollars, depending on what band you get. It's like, come on, oh, this okay. is ludicrous. Whatever. It's a sixty dollar cake, really. Let's be honest. Yes, yes, and we all know how that turned out. <laughs> we do indeed. Not well. <laughs> Not well. No one was impressed by a sixty dollar cake. Now, as someone that actually writes news, maybe you have a couple of other things you'd like us to talk about, Eric, because I'm out of ideas. Like, it seems to have been a fairly boring week, but you're, you have your finger on the pulse. Let us know what's going on. You know, I haven't really lately. I just moved, and then my computer crashed, as I've mentioned. So, like, Lazy. the pulse. I know. It's, 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 been, it's just been uh, – and it's, it's dead. I mean, there's not a lot going on really in video games. I mean, there's people mad that people didn't like the order. They're still mad about that. They're still mad about that, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, right, well, I mean, maybe make a better game next time if you want people to like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the, you know, various game release dates have been announced. Like there are GDC video games, and, is the news. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. There's, there's not much going on. Uh, I suppose um, 
probably some horrible thing was said by someone on Twitter. Most likely. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. That, that has happened fairly frequently. Yeah. It's like, uh, who have I been insulted by this week? Oh, yes, yeah, so a 10th rate movie critic and an ex NFL punter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, I always, I always stumble on your Twitter feed and see that some sort of. Some Someone's sort of decided to try and end my career again. It's like, you've been trying this for eight months and it's clearly not been working. What the fuck makes you think it's going to work now? Point of order. Why is an NFL punter attacking I, you? He, I, he has nothing better to do with his life. He literally does nothing. Like, I asked him, Wait, what do you do exactly with with you? within the game scene that makes you believe that you have influence over PR companies to get them to stop sending me video games? Who the fuck are you? Wait, why would a punter? That doesn't even. Ex punter. You know what? He has ceased to be. Is he in the gaming world? Like, is it? Yes, he, has, he entered like, the gaming world. Like, so, what is your job exactly? Well, I'm a professional X. Twitter person. I'm a social media expert. A professional Ooh. twat? Is that professional twat? About? Yes, I'd, actually, I'd use that. <laughs> I believe that's what they're called for a good yeah. reason. Yeah. I'm an especial twatter. <laughs> Those aren't even I'm real a, words. I'm an special twatter. Well, to be fair, if you see the word social media expert in anyone's profile, you immediately know the person isn't worth talking oh to. Oh my god, can we all put that in our profile? Yeah, there? let's go. Let's do it. We're changing. We're all going social media expert. Here we go. Social I'm going to change my Twitter expert. profile right now. Special uh, twatter is what I'm going to write on mine. A special twatter? Okay. Uh, social media expert. There we go. I'm a social media expert. Cool. I've changed my, my... There we go. My Twitter's been changed to social media expert. Still under the name literally Galactus, but, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> Obviously. And Q. a special... Tw is, is special... How do you spell a word that doesn't exist? E-S-P-E... -E you made it up. You fucking figure it out. S-H. However you want. S-H in there. S-H-I-N-A-L twatter. Done. Saved. A special twatter. <laughs> TV needs to borrow Colbert's Who's Attacking Me Now segment. That would take the entire show. I wouldn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, we sit here with uh, more audience than God. I don't know. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it, doesn't it? So let's have a look at the release list, shall we? Let's see what's going on with that. What, right. okay, what are the video games? Describe the video games. All right. So today, it is March 10th. It is. Our first game that came out is Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters for Vita. I bet it's anime bullshit. Uh, oh I bet God. you might be Tokyo right. It is by NIS America. It is guaranteed to be anime right. bullshit. Ghost Hunters. Uh, why won't you load faster? I want to see your bullshit. Oh, yeah. Such Ghost and, Hunters. Look at yeah, this. That's, uh, They're hunting ghosts so hard. It's an adventure game with visual novel gameplay and strategy roleplay elements. Yep. That sounds like every NIS game ever. Okay. I'll try that bullshit. Uh, next up is yeah. Assassin's Creed Rogue for PC. Yay! Because that's relevant in 2015. I don't know. I need. I do need to check it out. Apparently, it was better than Unity, but that's only because it was literally Assassin's Creed 4. So, okay, we'll see. Also, it has the worst Irish person. I, I the trailer for this. The, the worst Irish person. The worst, I, like even worse than the guy that just legalized meth for forty eight hours. This guy that made. Oh my god! I was just reading about we were just that. Just talking literally, about oh, that. Yeah. I was like, Jesse. It's the, crystal meth is legal in Ireland right now, and he was like, "Mm-hmm." I wonder if it's going to make a damn bit of difference, frankly. But who knows? It's a, I don't know. The, just the trailer of like, "I am a hunter." I'm like, "Oh God, stop!" That's a really good Irish accent. Yeah, I, was, I am a hunter. Oh, oh top of the morning, do you? I'm a hunter. I am. Gav hates me right now. 
Okay, uh, all right. Casual racism aside, next. <laughs> next up is Atelier Chali, Alchemist of the Dusk Sea, which I was just games. watching a trailer for this game with JP. It's an RPG. Yes. Um, it's the on art PS3. style looks really nice. Actually, the English voice acting is not bad. So it looks fun. The combat looks fighting. Fun. Nice. Mm -hmm. It's got Sign all the things up. you want. Yeah, it does. What? Girls, bikinis, fighting. Oh, God damn it. Man. Japan. Uh, next up <laughs> is Resident Evil Revelations 2 Episode 3 for Man. PS4. Ooh. For anybody who's still playing those. Yeah, Patrick Klepik says it has too many puzzles, but he liked it anyway. So there's your assessment. There it is. Why is City it Skylines came knows. out for PC today. Yes, everyone loves City Skylines wow. so far, except for the poisoning of the fucking water. Oh, God. This game has no disasters, except for this one, because fuck except, you. Except this this exact thing. This You're exact thing that just ruined your entire city in 12 hours of your life. Congratulations. Uh, next up is Mushroom Men Truffle Trouble for PC. What? Yep. Mushroom you know, Men Truffle. Truffle. Looks, like a, looks like a puzzly platformy thing. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Mushroom mm -hmm. Men Truffle Trouble. Looks fucking weird. It's a unique game. It's a platformer. It can't be that unique. With imaginative puzzle solving involving <laughs> moving, stacking, and using objects to create new paths. That you're gonna have to impress me a little bit more than that. That's. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look too bad. It's it's pretty certainly. It's got that. Uh, it's got a kind of train vibe to it. Except it has yeah. neon and rather oh, strange looking. It's characters. reminding me more of like Oddworld. Yeah, I'm getting that vibe. Uh. Next up is Hotline Miami 2, round number. Wow! Oh my gosh, no one knew. That's always pretty good, too. That came out today? Yeah, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's out today. 15 bucks for that game. Totally worth. Worth. So, it's good. If you like your little bit of old ultra-violence. <laughs> which we do. If you like punching people and they're Do you like to everywhere. hurt people? It asks you. It's like, as it turns out, when, when, you, when you put it that way, yes, I kind of do. It's... <laughs> In this game, yes. Yes, your game makes it pretty fucking fun. That's your fault, not mine. Next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, flame over for Vita. I don't know what that is. Flame over. It's a fire. Yeah. You're a little guy and you're a firefighter. That's it. It looks uh -huh. like a. Right. It looks like a iOS game kind of. You're a firefighter. You run around putting out fires. Not particularly well reviewed up to this point by the looks of it. It is a firefighting squirt em up. Okay, that could be taken the wrong way, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Twin sticks yeah, squirting. That grosses you me are, out. <laughs> you are. All right, next. And Parallax for PC. That's a bad name for a video game. I am looking uh, this up and I cannot find Of course anything. you can't because it Parallax is also the term for Parallax scrolling, which means that's the only thing that's going to actually fucking appear on Google. So that's lovely. It's a first-person puzzle game with two overlapping worlds, apparently. Toasty Art style is kind of interesting. Toasty games, yes. There's a. Oh, is this entire thing in monochrome? It is, by the looks of it. Yeah, the whole the whole game is done in a monochrome art style. Actually, looks surprisingly interesting. Terrible name yeah. for a game, but it looks kind of fun. Huh. Um. Next up on March 11th, which is tomorrow at yes. the time that we are recording this, Orion: The Blind Forest comes out for Xbox One Yay. and PC. Yay! Which we talked about earlier, so. Uh -huh. But back, back it up, back up this VOD if you missed it. It yes. looks real pretty. Uh -huh. And Reign of Kings for PC also comes out tomorrow. It's early access. Um, it apparently has a lot of naked men and Game of Thrones references in it. It seems to be, it yeah. is a struggle to survive in a harsh medieval world game. Yeah. So it looks like it's trying to be a prettier version of Mount Blade by the looks of it. 
We'll but see. Wiener. I thought you were gonna say mount your friends, and I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, I was not. This looks say just that. like that. No, yeah, definitely, completely the same game. Next, um, March twelfth, we've got Chronix Chronix for PC. Okay, it is a fast-paced, action-packed multiplayer PvP game, according to them, and. Most people seem to like it, although it has apparently mixed reviews on Steam. Don't really know. All I know is I went to their website and the music when you load in is like. I was like, oh, shit. It's basically a it's a it's a free to play third person arena game, which, you know, that are kind of two a penny these days. So I'm not sure if it's any good. Um, This next game I cannot find at all because it's just called Enemy. That enemy is a for PC. Stupid name for a game. And so I typed in <laughs> enemy game and well, well, if you search on Steam, we actually know. I'm pretty sure like we had a look at this at some point and it was some weird kind of block game. I don't know what's going on with it. It's it's very strange. Oh, it's Steam Greenlight. Yeah. It's like perma permadeath block based roguelite turn based XCOM. Like I saw something, I don't know. And it's a terrible... Don't call your game that. It's too generic. No one could find it. Learn your SEO, motherfuckers. Jesus. It was funded on Kickstarter. 18,000 simoleons. Mm, not bad. What's that in money? Uh, conversion rate? I guess 1.4. I don't know. Something. Something like that. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. And right. the next game... March 13th, we've got Codename Steam for 3DS. Well, I guess I'm going to have to pick up a new 3DS. I've been trying. It's I've been, Yeah, I feel like I've been trying to. Let's go back to Amazon and see if they have them in stock. Let's guess Prepare to get no. the, the theme song for not to Codename Steam. Oh, it's okay. I could, a- I could buy one at a uh, what looks to be a $50 markup. Yeah, Ooh, fuck good. you. I hate I, I probably should just go to GameStop. They've probably got them. Let's be honest. I won't have the, the shiny the gold song one, but whatever. Stuck in your head for a week. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a whole like bouncing text code name Steam. It's like to fight the alien madness. It's horrible. It's <laughs> that, legitimately that sounds like, like wonderful one hundred and one with all of its singing. That was that was the best part oh, yes. of that. It's fantastic. Uh, L.A. Cops for Xbox One. Oh, so basically you shoot a bunch of innocent people and then get off with the warning, right? <laughs> topical. Oh, so topical. <laughs> It actually looks nothing like that at all. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's got an interesting art style. I'll give it that. There appears to be a roller coaster in there somewhere. I'm not sure what's going on with it. Okay. From the makers of Typing of the Dead, The Button Affair, and The Cat That Got the Milk. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Uh, this doesn't explain a damn thing. <laughs> all right. It is a apparently a fast, action-packed 3D top-down shooter set to the theme of the 70s, the L.A. Cops. Trying to do a tough job in a tough town. Right. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still don't know what it's about, but the art style's cool, so I'll have a look at it. Next. Uh, next is in Exilium, Exilium for PC. In Exilium. In, in, in Exilium. It is an isometric hack and slash RPG with an emphasis on minimalistic design and play discovery. Mm. Fancy. So fancy. Although I suppose that's what you, it's like. Minimalistic design is like. Does that mean bad graphics? Like, <laughs> doesn't actually look like too bad. I gotta say, obviously it looks fairly indie, but it doesn't look too awful. I don't know what to. Don't really know what to say about that. 
Procedurally generated in furnace dungeon levels after campaign completion. Okay, so they're trying to be Diablo then, by the looks of it. All right. Uh, zombie kill of the week reborn for PC. What? Why would you call your game that in the first place? The uh, logo on the Steam store appears to be a combo Markiplier Total Biscuit character with also, a cigar and a shotgun fighting off it, zombies. Not is that a Hotline Miami character with the chicken mask that I saw in the trailer? Look, all I'm saying is... It is a 2D side-scrolling wave-based zombie shooter. All you know is that image right there. That is... I guess. That is thank God um, we had that. That's uh Mark a biscuit. No. <laughs> Here to save the day. Look at that logo. He has a top hat. He does. Very styling. Oh my goodness. Next. All right. Next up is uh, a game called Dodge for PC. <sighs> Enemy Dodge. Come on. That's a loot em dare game. Here's I don't the thing, even know though. if they're going to charge for that. If someone named their game Dodge and there was you, it, the only thing you couldn't do was Dodge, that'd be the best effing game. It's a minimalistic arcade-style game originally made for Ludum Dare 26. Your aim is simple to dodge the incoming squares for as long as possible. All right, well that sounds mm -hmm. like it. You're on a grid, so you're on a you're on a like a, a a three by three grid, and that's how you do your dodging. You can move to different spaces on the grid. That appears to be the only thing that the game does. So, either I hope that's extremely cheap or extremely free. Next. Next up is Tennis Elbow 2013. 2013. Thank fuck. <laughs> We've been waiting for this for years. It's finally here. I know. It's finally here. <laughs> Created by and for tennis fans. Tennis Elbow 2013 is a tennis simulation with an easy and intuitive learning curve. Thank hmm. God. Original release date, unsurprisingly, 2013. We have no fucking idea why it's here now. Right, right. <laughs> Not right. a clue. Uh... Hector for PC with a K. I feel like we looked this up before. I feel like you're absolutely right on that one. I'm just trying Maybe to know what pushed. exactly it was. Uh, it's a first-person psychological horror where nothing ever stays the same. Explore a world that literally moves with your every twist and turn as corridors shift and change for your eyes. Fuck that! If, if, you, if you remember, this is the one where you were like, you wake up in an underground lab... Mm -hmm. And in the trailer, it's right. like the dude's like high, like, oh, what's going on? And then at the very end of the trailer, he turns a corner and there's like these eyes staring at him like, hello. And I was like, nope, I'm out. Nope, nope. nope <laughs> Procedurally generated horror. Nope. No what? way. You apparently and have to scavenge for pills for your psychosis, which is an interesting idea. Yep. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, and last up this week until next Tuesday is Heroes of Hellas 3 Athens for PC. Right, I. It appears. Is this Mahjong? Like, there have it, been two others of these. Apparently, you rebuild Athens using what appears to be kind of Mahjong tiles. I think I actually have no idea what this is. It seems to be a combination of like Mahjong esque mechanics with some city building. Interesting. That that'll probably be kind of cool. I gotta be honest. That actually looks pretty neat. I'm in on Heroes of Hell Ass 3, guys. It's going to be a thing. You're in. I'm in. I'm in. Absolutely. Huh. All right. Well, that's video games for the week. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, you have cities and Hotline Miami, because otherwise you're probably not going to be that entertained this week unless you really like Assassin's Creed, but there you go. Huh. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, folks. 
so now you have experienced Pax in a in a mm-hmm. long drawn out, poorly explained fashion, vicariously through <laughs> the minds of Dodger and Jesse. Well, there you go. That's the end of our show. Thank you very much for watching. I would like, however, of course, to give everyone a chance to tell us what they're going to be doing this week, where they can find this stuff. We're going to, of course, start with our guest, Mr. Eric Kane. Where do we find your stuff? I know you have a YouTube channel that you don't upload too much to, but you also have, of course, have your uh, your Forbes columns. So what can we expect coming up in the next week or so? Um, well, hopefully I will write about some of the games that have just come out recently, including the, uh, the uh, codename Steam and um, Hotline Miami 2. And various others. I w- I'm going to play the Ori in the Blind Forest, so maybe some writing about that. Um, I, like I said, there's like no news, so probably I'll write about TV a lot, which which I do when there's not much to write about in video games. Start, um, watching, start writing about wrestling. Seriously, get back wrestling. To see, there we go. Like there I have go. never watched wrestling, yep. but maybe I should. There's actually that. something missing from that oh. release list, by the way. Sid Meier's mm. Starships is out in a few days. I'm not really sure why that what? wasn't on the list, but no. that's coming out. I actually have code for that. I'm under NDA, though, so I think the embargo is launch day. But yeah, yep. there you go. So where, where do we go if we actually want to find your stuff? Like, how do we do that? Because you're not on uh, YouTube, really. Yeah, at, uh, at Eric Kane on Twitter. Um, let's see. Uh, just search my name with Forbes, and, and you'll, you'll find my Forbes column. Can you cool. help us get on any Forbes 100 lists? And if so, yeah. how much can, would that cost? Can it just be us rotating? Like, yeah. just the three <laughs> of us the rotating and the Forbes 100? The top three co-optional hosts this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that... I could do that. Yes, there there's, there's a list for there's. I mean, there's a list for everything. There's there's lists for lists. So. <laughs> In this that's day that's and Buzzfeed's age, entire I mean, business model, isn't it? It's true. Lists of lists. The top ten best Buzzfeed lists. Indeed. <laughs> uh, then, then they start breaking it down by region. It's like uh, sh- uh, you know, people in New York will love this list of 17 lists. It's like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, man. Okay, cool. Th- well, thank you very much yeah. for coming on the show and suffering through about an hour of Jesse and Dodge talking about packs. But hey. No, it was interesting. I, I like hearing about the games. So. There you go. You get free information. It's a premium yeah. service we provide here on the show. Dodger, what's coming up on your channel this week? What's going on? Um, I think that we're finally going to play the Yandere Simulator demo the or what? the build that they have right now. Oh, what is what? That? don't even don't even worry about it, guys. No, I'm more, very worried. What the that? fuck is happening? No, don't worry about it. It's going to be are amazing. Are you playing porn now? Is this going to be another succulent? Are you playing? No, porn? no. This is basically uh, Lucius, except you play a crazy girl who, like, wants to murder any other girls who talk to the boy she likes. Wow. And I cannot wait. So I'm going to play that. Um, it's not the final build. It's just, like, the pre-build but it's not that succulent the devs too. put up. Oh. It's not succulent, too. Well, that's but, a disappointment. Uh, um, and yeah, uh, a couple other things, you know, along that sort of flavor. We got a stream on Thursday and just general fun stuff going on. My channels are youtube.com slash press to continue where I do gaming-y stuff. And then youtube.com slash dexterity bonus, which is still on hiatus. But feel free to subscribe if you want to, just because you think I'm cool. And on all the social medias, I'm at dexbonus, D-E-X-B-O-N-U-S. So come hang out. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Cool. Jesse, what's going on in your channel this week? All the usual shenanigans. If you like the stuff that you've seen before, by golly, you'll continue to either like and or hate it. Uh, I <laughs> More am the taking same. A, yeah, I'm taking a well-deserved uh, break 
and leaving the world. I'll still be on this show, but I, I'll be gone from the usual nonsense for a while. So, yeah. But it's also because I'm planning CoxCon that went live today. Uh, tickets went on sale for the British event. Disaster. The British event. <laughs> and you guys immediately destroyed the website. You instantly crashed it. Uh, it we... I don't know how many people got through, but my email was flooded with, like, reservation, succeeded. And then all of a sudden, it just, like, I went to, I went to look at the website. It's down. It's <laughs> down. But uh, for those of you overseas in the EU, especially the UK, this is your chance. This is your chance. Such guests as Duger and Samwise will be there. Crandor yeah. will be there. It'll yeah. be fun. And will that be, be a bowl pit? Here. Uh, look, if I can make one happen, there will be. Also, we're talking with several uh, UK-based developers and getting them to bring their games there, and we're going to have a whole bunch of cool stuff. We're actually going to make it like a legit thing and not just like stand around and talk to Dodger, although I would like to see that happen because she would <laughs> lose her mind. She'd be like, I just, I just want to go back to my room and eat. It's like, no, nope, you got 35 more hours of autographs, dear. I would make a small suggestion in that you basically uh, – Try to link up with some local board game stores get, and rent out yes. a bunch of board games. Get just literally all you need to make a successful convention these days is board games and tables. <laughs> like sure, uh, that's are. it. There you go. Three days of fun. Go. Cur yeah. Currently, we're talking with developers. We're talking with uh, a bunch of different vendors that we know and love, and we are talking with board game people and a group that rents out like arcade cabinets and cool things like that Good that shit. are yeah. completely paid for. So cool. It's gonna be legit. Two days. August first and second. Be Cost there. Squares. Gone. We've yeah, got a ball. That's so cool. Coxcon 2015. By the time this is uploaded, hopefully the website won't be crashed. <laughs> it's going to make it even worse. We're just you nuking it, it completely. Well, hopefully it'll be sold out by then, suckers. <laughs> How many people, like, uh, what's your capacity for this thing? Uh, the capacity is 1,100 people. Okay. And, but we, we capped the tickets out much earlier than that because I don't want to fill it up and make it, like, paxy. Crazy. Although... CoxCon 2016, we might do that because if people show it's up, it's not this an thing, entirely unreasonable number. You could probably fill that room. We, it, it might. We might open up other tickets if people really, really want it. But as it stands right. right now, that's not the cap. We're not going to say what the cap is though, but it's under that. All right. For Fair reasons enough. of fire hazard. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For fire hazard reasons. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes, we don't want anyone to die. So. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so you can find my stuff in the usual places, as you might imagine. There won't be too much content over the next few days because it is my final chemo session. This is my last one. I'm looking forward to not having to ever do that shit again, I hope. So I'll be a miserable, grumpy fuck for the next four days, just making you aware of that. So, you know, if you wish to get torn down publicly on Twitter, this is probably the time to get it done. Uh, you know, that, that is a warning to anyone that decides to start shit this week. I am not going to be held responsible for the consequences. Uh, outside of that, we will have a new co-optional lounge coming Sunday. We're going to be broadcasting. We're going to be playing Talisman with the new expansion. So we're going to be playing it with like all the expansions, I believe, which is like four of them. So it's not a not a particularly difficult game. So it'll probably be two hours of bullshit and us whining about RNG. That's how Talisman works. So Perfect. that's how it's going to be. And outside of that, um, I did just announce today that Shoutcraft Clan Wars Season 2 begins on April the 8th, I believe. That's when our first fixture is. So we're coming right back in with some more StarCraft. 
on MLG TV who are sponsoring us $5,000 a month for the prize pool, which is fantastic. So we're going to have teams from all over the world. We just announced Yo Flash Wolves are going to be playing today. We got Startail, we got Axiom, we got MVP, we got Team Liquid, we got Evil Geniuses, we got we got pretty much oh. anyone that matters. So it should be a really fun event. As always, the VODs are going to be going up on my StarCraft channel, spoiler free for those that miss them. That's youtube.com slash Total Biscuit. And that pretty much is it for the show. Thank you very much for watching. Please do go check out our channels. Go watch my Hotline Miami video if you haven't already. If you have go watch my druids duel video if you haven't already if you've watched all of those then maybe you can go the other guys just saying yeah i give you permission <laughs> thank you very much for watching folks big thanks to everyone of course that has subscribed to the channel uh, you are being fantastic supporters we very much appreciate it in this several months of really shitty ad revenue thank you very much for watching and i'll see you next time good night